Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all gonna get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Hey, cheers to you, everybody. We've already started at the legendary Slippery Noodle on actually Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number eight's coming up. You see Brent Halverson right before you. If you're watching via YouTube live right here, you like him a lot better than I'm sure. If I grew a beard, maybe that would help. I'm not sure. But Brent's going to join me coming up in just a second. We got week eight coming up here at four o'clock. Of course, when we're in the house of Cappy, Cappy's going to be here and he's going to make those selections coming up in the four o'clock hour as well. We got that. We got Mike Chapel on the way too. And we have a special announcement coming up with our friends from Waste Management and Aaron Johnson, who runs things. And I, I could not have been more proud. Matt Godbout, who's an awesome dude, reached out through John Griffin, who's with us at the fan. And uh, they're going to do something incredibly special on the field. Actually, what they're going to do is something they've been doing for the better part of 20 plus years. And they've been doing it for 20-plus years, uh, and you see it every time you go to a game. You see it, and everybody cheers, and it's fun. But we're going to take it to a different level coming up on Sunday, and they are going to help out our friends, Margaret and the gang at Teacher's Treasures. And you know what that does to my heart? It does my heart good when we can do something for Teacher's Treasures. And Aaron is going to join us coming up here in about – 10-plus minutes, and we'll make that official announcement, something you can watch for coming up on Sunday as well. All right, Colts, we'll get into that in a second. Sam Ellinger, his first start coming up on Sunday. I know a lot of you still want to talk about that. I don't blame you. I do not blame you. But going back and forth today because yesterday, if you were listening, Kevin Bowen kind of sparked something with me um, conversationally, Right? It was conversationally, and we both have opinions on it. And I'll get to that, maybe not so much right here, maybe dive into it a little bit, but certainly a little bit more later on. You get to thinking about where they are right now, and you get to thinking about them making this change and going from the guy that you brought in that you, uh, as much as you could do, handpicked to bring in to this situation. And then talk about how this is a next-level team now. And certainly at 3-3-1, this has not looked like a next-level team unless that next level was below what you thought that level was going to be. Right? 
But truth be told, you're still 3-3-1. Three, three and one. And I mentioned this back when this decision was made on Monday. You, you have to do right by the organization, meaning you have to be smart, you have to be savvy. I get that part. But at the same time, I don't know if you already have sidestepped, when you think about it, like 31 other around the NFL cities right now would be suggesting what? When you go from the quarterback that, again, you brought in, you handpicked to bring in, to lead this team, and after seven weeks, you pull the plug. And I'm not suggesting there was certainly plenty of reason to do it. I'm just telling you what it looks like. And it looks like what we have discussed oftentimes this week. It, it looks like you're saying, hey, you know what? This team's waving the white flag. I think Trey Wingo had this on a podcast or whatever he does. Hey, the Colts are clearly waving the white flag. And I told you this. If you really wanted to wave the white flag, you would have kept going with number two back there because that was going to go nowhere. And it's not all his fault. When you're talking about a quarterback in the NFL, it turns out to be his fault. They get all the accolades when things go well, and when they don't go well, it's their ass. That is the nature of the game at that position. That's just the way that it goes. It's not like these guys go skipping into this and go, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. A quarterback knows that the moment that that person is a quarterback. You know how that's going to go. You are always going to be the centerpiece for all the love, and you're always going to be the centerpiece for a lot of the discontent. We all know that it's not completely his fault. We all know where a lot of the situations, a lot of the shortcomings do lie. Offensive line, lack of offense altogether. We can lump them all in. We've gone over it. But you have to be very careful in doing this. And I said this earlier this week. You have to be very careful in not turning away a fan base. And especially if you sidestep it, because, again, normally, if you look around the NFL, you make a change like this. And most of these cities and most of these people that cover it are going to end up saying, hey, this team is tanking. I can tell you that organizationally they believe in Sam Ellinger, even if I sit here and I'm ultra skeptical about it. They believe in Sam Ellinger. Doesn't mean we have to. Again, I hope that it turns out great for Sam Ellinger. I hope that something is much better with Sam Ellinger. But I can't tell you that it's going to be because you had not seen him play other than the preseason. And it is a wide berth compared to what you saw in the preseason to what he's going to get. I mean, even against a team like the Commanders, where you're thinking this team's not very good, whatever, it doesn't matter. They have a front four that will get after you without having to blitz. This Colts offensive line couldn't handle anything protection-wise so far. And everybody's kind of leaning on, well, at least he's going to be able to have some escapability. Hopefully so. But I'm not going as far as expecting him to take over and doing what this organization is talking about him doing. I, I do. I said this in a promo earlier this week. I hope this transitions into one of these Disney type of stories. Look what happened here. Look what this kid has gone through. You, know, you, you look at him back at Texas. You look at him now. 
He's not the prototypical type of guy. He has worked ass off. This is what he's gone through, and this is who he is right now. And look what he did with that decision. I hope it turns out to be that. I just can't sit here and be honest with you and tell you that it's going to. Now, we'll get into that with our Larcity Bourbon Locks coming up here at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. But you have to be really careful, very careful in not running away those that support you. What do you mean by that? Because there might be some that are anti this move and think that you're surrendering. I just told you that they don't feel that they are. They have said as much. They do have a belief in it. Even if uh, folks like me have to see it to believe it, they do do believe in it. But others may think the contrary. You get very lucky because I think most everybody out there was ready for a change, a change of any kind. You're probably not going to get this much love because the love has been robust. You probably don't get this much love if you decide to go to Nick Foles yeah, I mean, you can, you can read the sense of the court of public opinion or the sense of the fan base right now, and, and nobody was going to be fired up if Nick Foles gets the football and goes out there and starts. Nobody was. But with Ellinger, you get a bit of a little, wait a minute, you know what? He's not like the other two dudes. Maybe, just maybe. So what you do is you sidestep what could have been major negativity for a team that's 3-3-1, three, three, and one, and I mean absolutely buried right now within the division, I mean basically your division games all but one or over before Halloween. So you have buried yourself within the division, but it doesn't feel like that a lot of these teams other than Buffalo, and I'm sure Kansas City will probably get a little bit of momentum and start running too, but it doesn't look like a lot of these teams in the AFC are going to be capable of running away from anybody. And you do have the long season, and that has always been an argument here. The whole long season thing. Well, the season's long, and this is what this team does. That <laughs> used to be the argument. I didn't like the argument. I didn't really dig the argument because it seems like, you know, in the early season, you kind of know what's going on, too. Why don't you go ahead and get started earlier? But you've sidestepped the negativity of a lot of people saying, hey, this team is giving up right now when you're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. And that's problematic because you're going to run people off doing that. And I think you have to be also equally careful in how you handle the trade deadline. You have to be really careful. And I'm assuming that in large part, what we see on Sunday is going to dictate coming up on Tuesday, how they utilize the trade deadline. They, I mean, listen, there's not, I can't remember the last time that's been a long ago, right? As far as an in season type of deal. But when that was brought up, Kevin and I were having that conversation yesterday. When that was brought up, I thought, man, you got to be really careful here because you still are 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. I know that they don't look like they're any good and they don't look like that they can go anywhere. But remember part of the argument about this team, if you had a slow start or teams that they've had in the past with a slow start, it's, you know what, it's not like anybody else is going to run away from you. So the rest of the division, not in this case, but the rest of the AFC may very well surprise you and fall back. Because you could probably trust that more than a lot of these AFC teams either hanging on if you're the Jets or being able to sustain if you're a team that's you know, Tennessee, for example. I mean, Tennessee's not anything great. 
They are when they play the Colts. When they play the Colts, they beat them down. They outcoach them. They outgrind them. They outtough them. But to the rest of the NFL, that is a beatable bunch. So you got to be careful. You got to be really careful. And here's why I say that. You got to be careful not to give out any signs. I mean, you keep this momentum that you have right now because normally everybody would have gone, oh, hell, let's just go ahead and not worry about going. But instead, on Sunday, you got everybody excited about seeing this. And you got everybody excited about looking at a phantom. You don't even know if this exists yet. All you know is if, if you hear people talk about Sam Ellinger, you notice that they never really talk about his play. They talk about his leadership. They talk about his effect on the locker room. They talk about the trust that everybody has. Well, I mean, I hope the organization has trust in him because the owner said, you need to start this guy and bench this other guy. So they don't know either. But they've really done a good job of presenting this, which seemingly you can make an argument that they have done this before, and they have presented this, and you've not jumped off the bandwagon. Or even further, you've not only not jumped off the bandwagon, but you've not become pissed because, wait a minute, this team's 3-3-1, and and you're doing what? You're starting who? You're trading who for what and why? Wait a minute, what about this difference-making stuff? Stephon Gilmore, one-year deal, a difference-maker. I mean, one of the reasons you have three wins is because of Stephon Gilmore. So that's what I mentioned to Kevin Bowen yesterday as to how and why you have to be careful. Now, I also understand this. Uh, If you can get something out of somebody that's not going to be in your plans next year, then I understand that you have to, and you certainly will want to do that. But you have to be really careful how you handle this. Everybody was on board with Dr. Tankenstein with the Pacers. Well, until you watch their act defensively last night. We'll get to that coming up in a minute, too. Man, Miles was great last night. By the way, Miles, <laughs> Miles, and I know everybody, everybody was all over me last night. Hey, there's your boy. There's your guy. Look at your guy. And, um, yeah, he struggled. Miles, Miles looked like somebody that hadn't played in 10 months. I will say that. He looked incredibly stiff. But we'll get to that in a second. You've got to be very careful how you handle this. Because you can run some people off, and you can run some people off for a long time if they're thinking, oh, so what? I mean, he tried to sell us on all this crap in the offseason. You're 3-3-1, three, three and one, or you're 3-4-1, three, and one, or you're 3-3-2. Three, three and two. <laughs> Trying to think of all the scenarios here. And you're doing what? You got somebody to bring up to take the place? Well, we're going to get rid of this guy because we want to see how this guy. Okay, if you want to see how somebody plays, fine. I just don't know in this situation who we need to see really play right now. I'm going to get more of that. I'm going to get your thoughts on that too. And I wanted to make sure I actually, I I text Kevin. I was talking to him about a little bit yesterday, but I, I found that interesting as we were talking about it yesterday. And we'll expand on that conversation coming up a little bit later on. Aaron, if you want to come up here. Come on up here. Aaron Johnson is here, and you can see right across from me, there's Brent Halverson, Heaven Hill Distillery. Did I make any sense whatsoever? It made in a lot of sense. that diatribe at the beginning? You really dialed it in. I make more sense than my Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shot Every so now far. and then, but, uh, yeah, we've got, to, you got some redemption to do today, but uh, that's what we're here for, right? We're gonna, we've learned a lot over the last, coming up, the last seven weeks, coming up week eight, which is pretty wild. I need a shot of redemption. That's in a... Paul Simon song. You well, song it is. is. We don't have that. I can get you a shot of Lunazool. Paul Meow. I can get you a shot of Lunazool. <laughs> we might have to do that, too. <laughs> we might have to do that, too. Absolutely. So what do we got? I'll get back to you in just a second, but what do we got? So where are we right now as far as 
percentages because I I suck big time, right? Well, I uh, last week. Hi, I'm John, and I suck. You bad. went six and eight, and you're yeah. uh, you're forty seven percent on the year, right? I went nine and five, and I'm sitting at fifty four percent. So. We're hovering right there, you know, a little bit of work to be done. I got to get on a run. Got to get on a run. I'm just like your home team right here. I got to get on a run. Oh, boy. All right, sitting to your right, meet Aaron Johnson. I think we introduced you a little bit earlier. Aaron Johnson of Waste Management, he runs everything. Can I just say that you run everything? Sure. But he's going to be hanging out. (laughs) He's going to be hanging out in my domain coming up this weekend, Burgersville, Indiana, which is outstanding. First and foremost, thanks for joining the show today, Aaron. How are you doing, man? Thanks for the opportunity. Anytime we can uh, tell our story can't pass the opportunities. So uh, well, and, and obviously we, we've had a, um, a, a relationship. Um, Matt Godbout, a, a guy that uh, I've known for a while, you know for a while as well. Um, but you got some special stuff going on on Sunday. And it's with regard to what Colts fans have seen over and over each home game through the past 20-plus years, right? Right. So I'm, I'm a fourth-generation garbage man. So I've been going to Colts games for – last 25 years I'm, I'm born and raised here in indiana so i i remember as a teenager seeing that garbage truck go out on the field yeah. and it always sparked my interest i was always a little jealous sure it, it was an orange truck so now working for waste management wm the opportunity to paint that truck green it's the first truck uh we painted after the acquisition of rays recently uh, i have the opportunity to go out there and throw some footballs into the back of it sunday so ho- hopefully i don't blow my shoulder out or embarrass myself too bad i think the last time out Whoever did it did pretty well, so you may have uh, a little ground to cover here. I'm nervous. Are, are you nervous? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I was watching some video, that Dr. Pepper challenge, where they're doing chest passes. <laughs> yeah. A little afraid I might lose. You, you, uh, you kind of got to throw it. You got to throw yeah. it like a quarterback, right? I don't right? want to lose streak. I mean, you can't and, underhand yeah. it like you're playing fast-pitch softball or yeah. something like that. Better be so careful. They might right. get a jersey on you and put you in the game. <laughs> yeah. too, the they might, they going, might so. do that. Who knows how that's going? <laughs> so what time of the game do you guys normally do this? So it'll be the two-minute warning in the second quarter. Oh, so you I mean, by then, we may have a theory on what's going on with this first-time quarterback and who knows if Ellinger struggles they might put me in they, after they, they see what I got they may put you in this is Aaron Johnson with us so you're going to be on the field throwing footballs and I was so happy to hear from Matt a little bit earlier and then John Griffin as well because this is this is to my heart um firmly to my heart teachers treasures yes. teachers treasures helps out all the teachers in the area we know how much our educators have to deal with and what comes out of their pocket again personally financially on a yearly if not monthly basis to help maintain their rooms to help educate those in their classrooms and that's what teachers treasures does it's helped helps them out in that capacity i've been a long time supporter of them and then coming up on sunday you will as well talk about it yes yeah, so uh, through the you know through the uh, promotion, we are going to be donating twenty five hundred dollars to the teachers' tre- mm-hmm. treasures. Uh, every Sunday, that money goes to charity. I'm excited to do it. I think it's a great cause. I got quite a few friends that are teachers here in the state of Indiana. They need all the help they can get. So, uh, yeah, the twenty five hundred dollars. That's awesome. That Thank you charity. so much. Twenty five hundred dollars for teachers' treasures coming up on Sunday. That is so great. Thank you, Aaron, very much for that. Now you say you're from Indiana. Yep. A little bit of your Indiana background. Yeah, so born and raised up in northwest Indiana in Laporte, Indiana. Uh, the Slicers. I was, a, I think, the only slicer in the United States. I don't think there's another one out there. Here's a true story. That's where my dad went to high school. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep, class in 99, Laporte. I can't remember what class he was, but uh, maybe 61 or 62 or something like that. But, yeah, yeah he then- was a Laporte slicer. And then I think he went to Miami 
and I believe he was going to play football at Miami. His roommate was Mark Van Egan, who later played for the Raiders in the 70s. And I think he flunked out and had to go back to Indiana State. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's kind of like me. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, but no, that's, that's kind of what happened. But he is a LaPorte native, no longer with us, but a LaPorte native he was. Yeah. Great, great town. I still have a lake home back in LaPorte, and that's where my family and I spend our summers. Uh, lived all over the place. Uh, lived in California. Spent seven years in Chicago. The last four years, I was president of Waste Management Canada, so mm-hmm. my family and I lived up in Toronto. And uh, we moved back to Ann Arbor, Michigan two years ago, but LaPorte's still where we call home, and that's where we go on the weekends and, and summer. Was a Purdue Boilermaker. Class Boilermaker. Three. Got to yeah. see a couple of years of Drew Brees. Nice. And Kyle Orton, the, the glory days of right. football. Uh, so for me, I'm back home and, and living my dream. I always wanted to be a professional garbage man growing up, a fourth-generation garbage family. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad sold his company in 2003 right after I graduated to WM. And so I've been here 19 years now. So, you know, look, looking at the landscape of garbage in Indiana, I, I've known Ray's since I was a teenager, actually. Sure. Uh, my, my family had a garbage company, and when my dad had a truck that caught on fire, Donnie Matthews, the owner of mm-hmm. Ray's, he was the first person to call and say, what can I do to help? And I remember coming down here as an 18-year-old kid, grabbing a garbage truck, driving it back north to go finish routes. So I always knew the family, always knew the brand, knew it was a great company. And I'm biased. I always wanted to be bigger in the state of Indiana because it's where I'm from. Sure. And this was the best opportunity, the best brand, and the best uh, waste company in the Indianapolis market. So we're, we're excited to grow in this market and, and be, have a bigger presence in this community. Yeah, they've done something called Anything Goes on this show, and it gets a little bit wild. Okay. A little bit wild. So uh, it's always great, though. I mean, it really is, too. And uh, I know that that's uh, who comes and picks me up every Friday, and I'm highly appreciative of it. And I cannot thank you enough for what you're doing for Teacher's Treasures coming up on Sunday. $2,500. $2,500, yes, sir. We're assuming I make all the throws. Which Oh, yeah, you got got this, all right. You you got this. So how can people see what you're up to and and what you're doing and waste management in general? Well, hopefully they're going to see the green brand more Mm -hmm. prominent throughout the community. We're going to start rebranding. Um, they can go online. We've got a lot of self-user uh, capabilities, a lot of technology that's available. Uh, they're going to see us very active in the community. We're going to be doing a lot of hiring events. We're looking to hire a lot of drivers, technicians, uh, sales reps, those types. Of, uh, so we're going to have a stronger presence. Uh, definitely in the Indianapolis area. Aaron's fantastic to meet you. Now, will I see you on Saturday, considering you're going to be floating about in the Bargersville, Indiana area, which yeah. is uh, pretty much near me. You might me. not see us, but you'll probably hear us. Will we hear you? Will be you be loud? Am I going to hear like Led Zeppelin at 10 plus, I think, in the backyard somewhere? Yeah, it's three of my college roommates from Purdue uh, getting together with the four of us haven't been together in probably 10 or 15 years. So you'll probably hear us outside. I think we're going to have a bonfire and uh, get ready for the game. On That's Sunday. on Saturday night? Saturday so you're night. gonna be yeah. you gonna be hung over from that thing on Sunday. I'll be ready Sunday? to go. I'll be ready to go. It's game day. We got this. <laughs> you got to listen to B105.7 too. Little JMV takeover Halloween style Will on be. Saturday night too with the Larceny Bourbon Double Shot Power with Brent Holvers right next to you right Absolutely. there. So hey man, it's great to meet you, Aaron. Thanks Thank you so much for story. helping out. You got that helping out with our friends. Good luck, from Teachers Treasures. Watch on that stage behind you too. I don't want you tumbling down. I've seen a couple of people do that before. Aaron Johnson, everybody. Thank you very much, Have a Aaron. Great
Aaron Johnson of Waste Management, he is going to throw for $2,500 to Teacher's Treasures. Thank you, buddy. Thank you very much. That is absolutely awesome. That is great. That's cool. I mean, that's just That a makes great me story. feel good. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to, I want to see him now. Like, I, mean, I kind of want to see if I can get in there and watch him just throw. I mean, he might, he might have a I jersey I hope he's not a little back. wobbly out there. I mean, so. Especially after a night of uh, hanging with the old college buddies. I know like, what yeah. happens in Bargersville. <laughs> Wait a minute. All of a sudden, you'll see, like, the open end of, like, three different trucks back there. <laughs> just throw the middle one. Throw at the middle hey, one. Always pick the middle one. That's right. It's got me through school, right? Always take six. All right. Uh, before I hit a break here, a couple more things about some of these games, including the Ravens and the Buccaneers. Man, the Buccaneers need one bad tonight. That's your Thursday nighter. Big game tonight, John. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, look, the, I mean, the line's crazy, right? The the uh, Ravens were a one and a half point favorite. Tampa's now a two two and a half point favorite. So. Big move going on there. There might be something that's not been announced yet. I know Andrews is questionable. I know they got a couple other questionable guys on there. Uh, that's a big money movement, so we'll see. A couple other games that uh, caught my eye, that Arizona-Minnesota game, 1 o'clock Sunday is going to be yes. a big one. Yeah. And then uh, the 425 San Francisco Rams game I think should be a great matchup. All of those games are within a field goal, so you know you're going to have a good game. And uh, We've got a lot of them to pick. We're going to go through them all. And we still got some big numbers on the board here, too. There's a, there's a couple big numbers, and one of them's against my uh, Green Bay Packers. They're going to have their hands full in Buffalo Sunday. That's been a bad deal right there. I've been waiting bad all week, deal. John, for that, that big magical wide receiver before mm-hmm. trade deadline. Yeah. Because they're starting to move. And uh, haven't heard it yet. I, you you know, probably will see a lot more activity than we're, we're normally used to. You saw Robert Quinn move yesterday from the Bears to the Eagles uh, with what the Eagles are doing. I think the Chiefs did. What's up? There's Phil Burton's in the house. Um, I think you saw the Chiefs make a move a little yep. bit earlier today as well. So you get a lot of things happening. You know, these Colts, to me, Sunday is going to dictate what they may or may not end up doing. Coming up on Tuesday. Oh, absolutely. I'm anxious to see. I mean, now you've got a mobile quarterback, and Matt Ryan just has no mobility, right? But, uh, again, that big, highest-paid line in the NFL hasn't been giving him a lot of time either. So, Ellinger, hopefully he's got – I was going to stats from last last college year there. and Man, he's got some some scrambling ability. So, it's going to be – I think he's going to need to be scrambling and uh, and then get – kind of get that new mojo going. I'm excited to see him play. I I know that they have confidence – I know that I don't right now, and I think I'm being fair just because we haven't seen him, and you're thrust into this situation. I'm just I'm going to have to see it to believe it here. Yeah. I hope that everybody gets thrilled, and I hope that he does perform, but I'm going to have to see it to believe it. Not a better place to start at home yeah. against the commanders. that uh, well, They beat the Packers, which isn't saying much, but against commanders, I think it's a great spot. A uh, great way to come out. It's better than coming out and going right in the uh, meat grinder of the Bills, right? So We have a lot of Future Farmers of America. There are conventions in town this week, right? Were you a Future Farmer of America in I Seymour? wasn't, John. I wasn't. Uh, I had some farmer friends down in Seymour. I bet but, Seymour uh, was a big Future Farmers of America. Oh, man absolutely. absolutely. I know Eastern Green, man. I did not have the blue corduroy jacket, but I think most did. I was an exception to the rule. I didn't, but most did. You would look good in that, by the way. I would. Really. I think you would. Actually, somebody uh, years ago, I think the Linville family actually, what's up, buddy? They actually gave me a blue corduroy jacket from J County, J County FFA. Wow. And I still have it at home right still now, fit? too. I was like an honorary future farmer of America. Does it right fit? There. Could, you, could you nestle into it? I could probably squeeze. 
reason to it. That can't be but a good yeah. Halloween costume when you're doing the uh, takeover Saturday Future night. Farmers of America. I love right. it. I can't believe you weren't wanting to see more, though. I, I thought wasn't. that'd be. I wasn't. Eh. No. Nope. What if Mellencamp was in Seymour? Do you know? Uh, How you much know, would that jacket be worth if Mellencamp was a future farmer of America? You know, I think he has one. I think I've seen a picture of him in one, but I don't know that he was actually a true future farmer. Of yeah. I, I think he just had one. I think All he knew right. somebody. Brent Alverson yeah, right yeah. there. Large City Bourbon Locks. Luna Azul Tequila. The shot's coming up at the top of the hour. Cappy is going to join us as well. The legendary Slippery Noodle. You know what works on a Thursday. It's free samplage here. The samplage is flowing. You can see us right here. We've got ours. We'll get you yours when you get down here as well. The great food and so much more. The Mike Chapel still to come. We'll get an update from those covering the commanders in D.C. And I want to take some calls coming up on the other side. It seems like everybody is extremely excited about Ellinger. But I want to know that. What I want to know from you at 239-1070, I want to know if you're a believer. And if you are a believer, I want to know what makes you a believer. Because, again, all we've heard basically about Ellinger is, well, he's a smart, studied guy. He's a leader. They love him in the locker room. There really hadn't been anything about what you expect play-wise. So if you're a believer... Why are you a believer? Then let's see if you can convince me. Convince me to jump on board before I actually see it. That's not pessimism. That's realism. See if you can convince me. Why are you a believer? Is it more than just making a change from a guy that looked really old, broken down, and turned the ball over way too much? The reason why you're a believer in Ellinger. Do that coming up on the other side. I mentioned Chapel. We'll get an update from D.C. That and a lot more. I got to get you my Pacers take from last night. I tell you, they can't D anybody up. Miles coming back. That didn't help either. Miles, Miles kind of reminded me of like Matt Ryan moved around. <laughs> he did. I hate to say that because I'm a huge supporter. Well, my man, I know he's missed ten weeks, but he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't moving very well last night. wasn't a lot of movement. A lot of fluid movement happening. Last night. Last night is what you're going to see for the most part from this Pacer team. You're going to see them look awful, and you're going to see them get down 20. You're going to see them because it's an NBA game, as they always do in the NBA, get back into it. And then you're going to see Terry Taylor screw them over when they're down four and mess up a fast break, go the other way, and in a blink of an eye, after a really bad foul, um, you're going to be down 10 again. That's what's going to happen. Down big, come back. Oh, wow, this team's got hard. This team doesn't give up. And, oh, crap, there they are again, getting blown out by 20. That's what's going to happen more times than not this season. I'm assuming you know that. All right, quick break, and we'll come back inside the lounge via YouTube Live. We are watching you there. The uh, stream, the app, you got HD radio as well, the legendary Slippery Noodle, Larcity Bourbon Locks, and Luna Azul Tequila Shots, and the Tavern Tour. Tavern Tour, stop is 10. Here. This Number is a dual combo. Right here. We'll make an announcement on the Tavern Tour for December. Are we going to go into 2023 with the Tavern Tours yet? Do we we are. Do you, not, do you want to skip over November, though? Are we going to do a one for Oh, yeah. November? This we is November is between it. Right? I forgot yeah. about November. Hey, I always, ready for November Christmas, always kind of sucks. Oh, no. It's Thanksgiving. One of my favorite holidays. Really? Absolutely. Oh, man. Football, food, family, and, and cocktails. It's all good. I'm trying to think where I would rank that, what you just said right there. Football, food, and family, and cocktails. See where I'd rank that maybe, right there. Maybe, well, it's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> All of a sudden, JMV, Slippery Noodle, 93.5, 107.5, the fan, don't leave.
The Ride with JMV. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. We're at the legendary Slippery Noodle. We got our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots coming at you. Brian Hare says, I'm a believer in getting to the top of the draft board. Colts or the Pacers. The Pacers could make it there. I think the Colts are still too good to get there. You guys really think that they have enough, enough losing right now? You have a lot, enough in the arsenal to get up? What do you got? Three guys? You got three guys, and then you got Carolina, Detroit, Seattle. Uh, who am I leaving out of the equation here, Kyle, for those teams there? Well, the Commanders, I mean, you got, you may, maybe the Commanders. You may have a lot to jump over there. I tell you what, Brian, I'll get back to that. Brent Halverson is with us from Heaven Hill Distillery. So you're at the Butler tip-off. Tip-off dinner last night. Nice. Outstanding. It was great. I mean, what did Mata have to say out. to you? Did he you talk know, to you? He, uh, so did you get him all hammered he, he, up? Here's a great story, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, his wife, Barbara, yeah. uh, used to be Barbara Britton from Seymour and comes from one of the greatest families, the Britton family. is. They're like my second family. Uh, so I've known Barbara all my life. Uh, families hung out together all through, all through the years. Right? Yeah. There's three Britain girls, and and then John, and uh, the, the the whole family is just amazing. So John and Anne are great. Uh, they all moved to uh, Ohio when uh, you know Thad was coaching over yep. there. So the whole family moved over there, and they're all still there. And now they moved back here, and uh, it was pretty exciting to uh, be able to see him, talk to him. Thad's excited about it, and 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 just from hearing the buzz. The, you know, the transfer port has been going crazy. People wanting to come play for that Mata. So I'm excited about Butler basketball this year. Even more excited, John, is uh, we're now going to have Larceny, Elijah Craig, Evan Williams, Lunazul Tequila, um, all of our Evan flavors inside Butler Fieldhouse. As wow. We are a, uh, so if a the spirit sponsor. So if, if the team's not looking that great, you can drown their sorrows, or you can be happy if they're playing really well. I don't like to call it drowning your sorrows, John. I like to call it <laughs> lifting your spirits, right? Lifting your spirits. Lifting That's your awesome. Spirits. You guys are in Hinkle now. Yes. Look at that. Yep. That's the Looking brand right that. there. Well done. We'll get back to Brent coming up in just a second. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now, Matthew Paris of the Washington Times covers the Commanders, of course, coming up on Sunday afternoon, the Commanders in town. And, yeah, it was kind of weird how the storylines have – been prevalent and then faded. Been prevalent and then faded and now are even more prevalent. Uh, so who's the better quarterback coming up on Sunday in your opinion right now? Just by the eyeball test of which you have no eyeball test results from Sam Ellinger. The Heineke-Ellinger game, will we reference it as such, you think, Matthew, when this game's done? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not the uh, the Wentz-Matt Ryan showdown that we were all expecting. Heck, I mean, if you had told me that Matt Ryan was going to be benched or was injured or anything, then I was hoping for a Wentz-Nick uh, Foles reunion. That would have been a lot of fun to cover. But, alas, you know, now we get uh, Taylor Heineke and uh, Sam Ellinger. So, you know, it should be something to see, I guess. <laughs> All right, so Heineke, what's he, what's he look like as, as far as being able to get the team down the field? Give me the pros and the cons of that commander's quarterback in there for Carson Wentz. Yeah, so the pros, there are a couple. There, One, the guys really seem to respond to him. He, he's kind of the emotional heartbeat of the team. Uh, but And how that affects on the football field, they know how to play with him. You know, last Sunday was his 17th start. Uh, 
uh, I guess, eight, 18th game in the commander's uniform. He knows their system inside and out, and they've kind of found an identity of how to play with him. They, they're really focused on running the ball. They, um, they, they take some shots down the field, but his ability to scramble outside the pocket, I think, helps keep plays alive. So, you know, they're, they're a bit of a scrappy offense with him. Now, the downsides are because of the physical limitations. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. Um, he kind of can get the ball out too late at, at times. And, um, yeah, it, it's uh, you could do worse than Taylor Heineke as a quarterback, but I also understand why uh, teams have looked for upgrades over him or, uh, I guess, team in this case with uh, the Glanders. So Matthew Paris of the Washington Times covers the Commanders with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Week 8, Larsity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots with the legendary Slippery Noodle on this Thursday afternoon. Come by and grab some free samples. All right, defensively, I was on with a guy yesterday named Big Doug. Big Doug has a podcast. So I was, I was making biscuits yesterday morning, and I was on with Big Doug, and we were talking about how defensively up front – that may be the highest quality as far as a category is concerned for this football team, being able to get after the opposition's quarterback without having to blitz. How good have they been, and how good do you expect them to be against an offensive line that was supposed to be one of the best and in actuality this season has been one of the worst? Yeah, no, I expect them to have a huge day, frankly. I mean, this line has been really good. They've done so without Chase Young. Uh, the number one, the number two overall pick in the draft a few years ago, but they still have some really good players up front there with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, their defensive tackles. They really kind of uh, are what stand out about that defensive line. They generate so much pressure from the interior. And then on the edge, you have Montez Sweat, who's having a really nice season as well. If you look at the, the number of quarterback hits a player's had this season, he's right up there among the league leaders. So, he, you know, he's been really strong together. They, have worked a they've worked really well together and it's been a bit of a bounce back from the, for them this year because in 2020 they were one of the best units in the NFL they were very disappointing last year and now this year it's, it's been a bit of a return to form uh yeah i what do you think this team has I, you know right now below 500 obviously you look around the NFC and you see teams around you within that division certainly getting better. And the Eagles have been fantastic. The Cowboys look like they're going to be getting better as well. Um, what do you think this team has to offer, even before, I guess, Wentz ultimately returns to be under center? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's their defensive identity if they can have that. Now, they look terrible the first two games of the season defensive-wise. But I think with them, if – you know, if Washington can keep being close in games, if they can go to this grinded-out style, then they're going to have a chance. If they fall behind by 14 early, then it's going to be much harder for them to, to climb back out of it. So they're really a team that kind of has a thin margin for error. They really do need um, things to kind of work out their way, and that's a tough way to consistently win in the NFL. But as long as they're in it, they, they can challenge some teams because they do have some talent. The Daniel Snyder situation, we'll get into what Jim Merzay had to say about it last week at the NFL owners meetings in the fall and NYC, but how much does his ownership and how that is viewed by the commander fans, how much has that taken away over the years and certainly right now 
with the overall fan enjoyment, viewing experience, following experience. How much has he taken away from that, that enjoyment overall? I mean, it, I think it's undeniable his impact that it had over the franchise and the decaying of it. I mean, you look back at the 90s and those sorts of things of the, the passion that this fan base ha- had. And I've been covering the team for six years, and um, it, it's even in that span, it seems like the interest has waned even further and further. Now, their attendance is up a little bit this year, but they still rank last in the NFL. And it, it is just – it, there's just always so much drama, so much chaos going on with him personally that it does seem to to wear down on people. And then let's face it, the product hasn't been very good, and that's probably the bigger reason. Yeah, it's funny. I look back at this Washington franchise, and you go back to the '80s, and seemingly throughout that decade, always you know the afternoon game on CBS because. You knew everybody was going to watch, and you're looking live at RFK Stadium, and you know Joe Gibbs and Art Monk, and you know the Fun Bunch, and you know from Theismann to Rippin, and you know defensively you know, Charles Mann and Dexter Manley, Daryl Green, the Hogs on the offensive line, and and now it just seems like that just any interest whatsoever has disappeared for them over the years. Yeah, no, it, it really has. I mean. Like I said, they rank last in attendance. Um, they've scaled down the stadium. You know, at one time, FedEx Field had could seat up to, you know, north of 90,000, and now capacity is around 62, 63,000. So they've taken out a lot of seats over the years, and that's because of the lack of interest. Incredible. All right, what do you think? How do you think this game goes coming up on Sunday, Matthew? You know, I like Washington's chances. I, You know, maybe Ellinger provides the Colts uh, a spark and the offensive line will perform better with his mobility. But, you know, right now I really like Washington's ability to, to get after and create pressure. And, you know, they have a pretty strong running game with Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. They're really kind of a one-two punch. Uh, Robinson's actually the lead back, and Gibson's more of a change of pace. But they were really effective against um, Green Bay last week. And then Terry McLaurin is having a pretty nice yeah. season, and Heineke is – knows how to get him the ball. So, you know, it's going to be a homecoming for uh, Terry McLaurin. He's from Indianapolis, and uh, maybe he has a big day. But, uh, you know, the Colts do have a nice secondary, so we'll see. Let me tell you about Terry, Terry McLaurin. I was actually – I think I was doing some of those high school championships that he was a part of with Cathedral. Just an absolute incredible player. And I know people say this all the time, and it, it just kind of becomes uh, fluff a little bit, right? But an even better dude. Just a great dude and an incredible player. Kind of took that chip on his shoulder about where he was drafted. Man, he has taken that thing to the next level, has he not? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's so, he, he is very just humble about it, though. I mean, you know, I asked him yesterday, did you think you could, um, that you were going to get drafted by the Colts? Were you hoping for that? And he said, like, he thought it was a possibility, but they drafted actually Paris Campbell his college yeah. roommate and said he was so happy for Paris Campbell and that this was, you know, it, it ended up working out because the commanders were the, the place that he was supposed to be. And I also asked him about, you know, that this off season when he was working out, or when he was working through his contract, that did he notice Colts fans wanted to trade for him? And uh, he said he did notice it, but he never thought that was actual possibility because he was confident that the contract was going to get done. But it is, you know, he has a lot of respect for Indianapolis. He went as, 
Marvin Harrison for Halloween twice, that that was his childhood team, and he's really fired up for this one. One more thing with you, Matthew, before I let you go. I was a um, I was a big fan of signing Charles Leno Jr. when he was available. A lot of people around here said I was stupid. How has Charles Leno Jr. performed at left tackle? And let's compare that to the left tackle currently of the Colts, which is Dennis Kelly, which has been Bernard Ryman, which has been Matt Pryor, which has been basically a disaster. And going back to last year, even to Eric Fisher, how has Leno been offensively at left tackle holding things down for this team? Yeah, he's been really solid. He's very workmanlike. You know, he's not the best left tackle in the league. You know, actually Washington probably had that in Trent Williams, but they had a, a massive hole after they, they traded Trent Williams away and they kind of got by in the 2020 season on, on patchwork but that they used four different left tackles. And since Leno arrived, um, you know, he, he, they really only had kind of one. It's just been him. It, it's, you know, he, he's very kind of working like his earned a contract extension. And he, he's been a nice solution for them given the, the you know, it, it looked like they were going to be in a disaster after they had traded uh, Trent Williams away. But it ended up working kind of just fine for them. Yeah, I was on board for that around here, but uh, it fell on deaf ears. And uh, when you look at hindsight, that probably would have worked around here. Hey, one quick final thing. Sam Howell is a guy that uh, evidently a lot of Commander fans would would like to see. Where is that average as far as who wants to see Heineke play and who wants to see Howell play? I think it just depends on the half in terms of how Heineke is performing during the first half. Everyone wanted to see how play in the second half. I don't think those people are nearly as loud. Um, you know, there is some interest there with Sam Howell and seeing how he's come along, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's nearly ready yet. Um, and he was a fifth round pick. He, his footwork has a ways to go in the NFL. And I, even though how has that potential, I do think people are generally okay with Heineke because he is such a fan favorite here. I mean, the fan base really goes, they, they like him more than Carson Wentz. Um, just anecdotally, it seems like so. Uh, I do think they're excited to, to watch Heineke, even if there is maybe a ceiling there. Matthew, I appreciate you hopping on here today. Enjoy the game coming up on Sunday, and uh, have fun the rest of the season, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Matthew Paris of the Washington Times on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Legendary Slippery Noodle. Brent Holverson's walking over here with a drink. He's going to rejoin. we got free samples flowing as well. Cappy's going to get up here. we got our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots top of the hour. You remember Charles Leno Jr. I was all over it, right? I don't think Ballard wanted to listen to that. Why, why don't they listen to me, man? I don't know. I, mean, I, I do. Look how intelligent I am. You speak. Look how intelligent I've been. I know. You speak. I listen. That's I was the one that said back in the day, all right, don't get rid of Peyton Manning. Keep him as the starter. Draft Luck and have him back up. Look at that. That was my idea, I think which really you. sucked at the time. But when you look back on it now, it looks like a hell of a plan. It really does. <laughs> You know, John, there's more people listening than you think. Everybody's yeah. doing what you're saying. Start listening to me, Ballard. Come just on, a couple man. Of those, exactly. Come it's on. There's a couple of those people out there that like to ruffle the feathers a no little doubt. bit. It's Brent right there. We'll come back with him. Top of the hour. He and Cappy are week eight. Larson Department locks. Luna Zul tequila shots. Inside the lounge via YouTube live. Conversation is flowing right now. Jump in there. 93.5107. Find the fan. The Ride with JMV. Bullish Brent's hanging and banging with you until the 8 o'clock hour. 
coming up, we have artists such as Living Color and the Fine Young Cannibals right now. Here's Roxette, The Look, 89.9 WROL. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live right now, BP Canceled writes, I think JMV with a butt cut would look amazing <laughs> with a Mississippi mud flap. <laughs> I didn't go that way, man. You know, it's funny. I had like three different phases while in high school with my hair. And the reason why we're saying this, we're at the legendary Slippery Noodle. And my man with the FFA over here has got a one sweet mullet working right here. I mean, it looks outstanding. But I didn't do that. I I went with the Steve Alford butt cut, feathered on the side, parted down the middle, which what was called at command performance that her place back in the day, a bi-level. Debbie would cut my hair and then lean over on me and give me a little, you know. She would always say, you look a lot older than 12. Ooh. (laughs) I said, tell me more, Debbie. (laughs) Tell me more. But she'd always sit my ass in the window at command performance. Like right in the window in the Bloomington College Mall. And like everybody was walking to LS Airs and around would walk right by you. And she's got, you know, she's cutting your hair and she's got it like that. So that was always in the window. But Debbie was sweet. You were her showpiece then, right? I think Debbie was, Debbie was probably wanting me to tip her really well. Well, sure. But unfortunately for Debbie, I don't think I realized I needed a tip for a haircut until much later in life. So I think I kind of hosed Debbie beyond that, but I went with the, the Steve Alford butt cut, feathered on the side, parted down the middle, comb in the back pocket, and then I went with the Billy Idol, spiked hairdo, and then I went with the James Spader, I'm a preppy butthole, at 1988, and that was, uh, that was about it. I never went with a mullet. Wow. Seriously. You should you, try it, maybe. Yeah, you, know, you did, though. Bring it back. I did yeah, have one. You did. I did. It was, it was the end thing. It was sharp. I had ear pierced. I was, I was, I was straight 88, man. It was Cap, good. Cappy is here on the legendary Slippery Noodle as well. How about you? Uh, I had a couple lines on the side of my head. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. You had a couple lines? I think I once had a Nike stripe in the back. Ooh, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I paid a lot for that, actually. (laughs) That girl is poison. (laughs) It was a dark alley. It was a dark alley. I love it, man. Oh, boy. Hey, talk about the noodle tonight. What's Thursday night goings on at the noodle? I know the FFA's in town, man. You guys are rocking it. You had to go out and buy some more sporks today, didn't you? I did. It was a a long journey with all those scooters out there. (laughs) I was almost blindsided twice. Um, There's got to be a good 80, 80. FFA people in here right now. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, I love it. See, I love place FFA to come. Too. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. I to love, it. It I love FFA. Um, lunch was great. Uh, our, our staff is amazing. We, we pulled through, and uh, now we're ready for a good evening of some live music. And uh, wanted to talk a little bit about this weekend. Um, I've got Mississippi Heat and Paul Holdman and Rebecca Friday night, mm-hmm. uh, 8 o'clock and 8.30 start. And then Saturday, I have the Warrior Kings and Blackjack Davey for a Halloween extravaganza. And I may make an appearance. Um, you might not recognize me, but I oh, might really? be here. So. Costume contest? Wow. This is a uh, dress yes, up. You're, you you're, guys going, do you're going under deep cover, too, right? huh? Yes, is that what you're saying? Yes. I'm going to wear a backwards thong. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but for our costume contest, we're giving away over $850 in prizes. First, second, third. Nice. And uh, I look forward to be a big party. Uh, weather's supposed to be nice, and uh, it's going to be a good turnout. That's great. I like it. I like those ideas you got right there, too. John, what are you going to dress up as? Marty. As here. Marty. <laughs> oh, that would be I'm a I'm going to grow my beard there. out, grow my hair out, and then cuss at everybody. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I, I love, love you, you Marty. You know, I'm, I'm just joking. I love Marty. I hope we Marty would so whip my ass. If, he would enjoy it for me. He'd probably tease me for a minute and act like he was going to whip my ass. And then he'd go, I think that's pretty cool. Roadhouse. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's who I should go as. Maybe I should go as uh, Wade Garrett. Dalton. from Ray. I'd go as Wade Garrett, I think. Yeah. Even yeah. though, can you believe that they killed him off in Roadhouse? Yeah. That was, like, I love Roadhouse, but the worst decision they made was to kill Wade Garrett. He didn't need to do that. No, no. I mean, these guys have to go to the very end. That whole fight at the end with, I mean, give me Come on. Brad Wesley's going to be able to hold his own just for a minute. <laughs> that guy would get tuned up in a half a second by Didn't Dalton. get paid Come as much. On, I guarantee man. that much. He didn't. Hey, are we ready to do week eight? Absolutely. Any final thoughts, Cappy? Any thoughts on week eight here before we uh, do I've it? I've got two branch sales and they're fighting each other, but I am ready to <laughs> nah, win. Nah, let's do it. Hey, Kyle, let's go ahead and cue the band. Our Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number eight of the NFL. It starts on Thursday night on Amazon TV. I'll tell you what. Lamar Jackson, for the sake of my fantasy team, can you pick it up? Like the last two or three weeks, it just has not been the same. But Tampa Bay and Tom Brady has been an absolute disaster. That disaster holds strong. I'm going to take the two points. I'm going to take the Ravens on the road in Florida coming up later on tonight, Brent Halverson. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned it, uh, Lamar Jackson. I think tonight he has to, his total uh, rushing yards is 60 and a half. He's got to go over that. He has to take this team on his, on his shoulders and go, right? Not going to do a whole lot of passing. I think you're going to see, you know, the, the crazy thing here, John, I really, really, I love Baltimore. I really do. The spread went from Baltimore as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It flip-flopped. It's yeah. now two. Tampa Bay is now a two-point favorite. Something's out there that's not been announced yet that we're going to hear later. So be sure to uh, wait on this game before you bet. But I'm with you. I'm going to take Baltimore plus the two on the road. Touchdown Tommy doesn't look good right now. Nope. And uh, he's got a lot of home issues. I think it's carrying over the field. My Luna Azul tequila shot last week was Kenyon Drake. And a shout-out to Gus Edwards for just completely screwing me over in the backfield for the Ravens last week. What a bad pick that was. I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest, Cappy. Go ahead. Wow. Um, won't be watching this game tonight, but I'm about to go with uh, old Tommy on this one. I think he's, uh, he's going to come out with a little bit of luster and, uh, and make the move. So I'm going to take them laying the two. 9.30 a.m. That is in England coming up on Sunday. Broncos with a working out Russell Wilson in the aisle of the plane on the way over there. And everybody's kind of making fun of him. He says that he is ready. Well, Jacksonville be ready. The Jaguars are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take that two-and-a-half and take the Broncos in England on Sunday morning. Brent Halverson. I'm going to get you here, John. I, you know, uh, we, there's some big dumpster fires in the NFL this year, and, and Denver's one of them, right? I'll throw the Packers in there. The Colts have kind of teetered on there, but uh, Tampa Bay's another one. But for this game right here, I think Jacksonville, I think this is going to be a three-point game. It's going to be like a 21-18 type game. Give me Jacksonville to cover that short field goal, minus two and a half, the Jags. Capmeister. I'll still be in bed for this one, but I'm going to go, I'm going to run with Jacksonville on this one. All right, Falcons at home at 1 o'clock on Fox on Sunday afternoon against Carolina. Shout out to former Colts backup, P.J. Walker. Looking good last week, Carolina. Look at the work they did against Tampa Bay. That was embarrassing for the Buccaneers. The Falcons have been decent this year. I'm going to take that decency, lay the four, take the Falcons at home against P.J. and the Panthers on Sunday, Brent. Yeah, I'm with you here. I mean, again, Carolina kind of shocked the world a little bit last week, but uh, I don't think it happens here. Atlanta 6-1. and one. They, they did lose their first against the spread game last week. They are 6-1 and one against the spread, 3-4 and four on the season. 
I'm going to join you there. I'm going to lay the four. Give me the Falcons. No Falcon way. Carolina comes in and takes this one. By the way, my Luna Azul tequila shot of the week in fantasy, it looks as if Chuba Hubbard is going to be out. Deontay Foreman went over 100 yards in rushing last week, so I'm going to go ahead and grasp one Deontay Foreman at running back as my Luna Azul tequila fantasy football shot of the week, Brent Halverson. I like that. I like that. What do you got, Cappy? I'm rolling with the uh, Falcons on this one with a double-digit win. Ooh. All right, Bears and Cowboys. How about the Bears on Monday night, by the way, man? Wow. Surprising a lot of people wow. in Foxborough. 1 o'clock coming up on Fox on Sunday afternoon. They are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in Dallas. That is way, well, kind of like me, way too fat. Nine-and-a-half-point favorites of the Cowboys at home. Circle the Bears, give me the nine-and-a-half, and we'll see what the hell happens come Sunday. Brent Alverson. Yeah, you know, and here's the way I look at this game, right? So th- that game last week you're talking about, there was no way the Bears should have won that game, and they did. They did it with, they, they could have put another seven on them, too. Um, this is an overreaction type t- situation right here. That's a lot of points. People still see Chicago, that thing's under 10. I think Dallas comes out and rolls. Dallas by 14. Give me the Cowboys at home. Cappy app. I'm taking the points. Um, Chicago getting nine and a half. That's, uh, We're on the same page right there. Yeah, that, that's a pretty big number. I, I'm not really a full believer in Dak. And uh, they've really loosened up that offense in Chicago. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to take those nine, nine and a half. Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots, Week 8, Legendary Slippery Noodle Downtown. Love to see you here with the free samples from Heaven Hill Distillery. And the great food and tons of FFA folks right now, which is outstanding. Miami, three and a half point favorites on the road to Detroit. I have lost all trust in the Lions covering or doing anything in particular. One o'clock CBS on Sunday. Circle the Dolphins, lay the three and a half. Hello, Brent Halverson. Yeah, I'm against you here, John. I think this is going to be where you see a little Jared Goff going off here. The total is 51 and a half. Jared Goff going off. Goffing off right there, baby. Uh, you know, I think, uh, again, they're one and five, right? They're the Lions. They have looked horrible. They came out hot the first couple games of the year. Golf was putting up some passes. I think they're going to get back to that. I think this is going to be a big shootout right here. I'm looking for, and Miami might win the game, but I think that field goal might come into play. That hook's going to come in on my side. I'm taking the home dog plus three and a half. Give me the Detroit Lions. Talk to me over there, Cappy. I'm going with the fish. Laying the three and a hook. All right, one o'clock to start on Fox. I think the Vikings coming off a bye week. And uh, Tommy S's crew and very good so far this year. Three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Arizona. Week to week, you can't really figure out what the Cardinals are doing. Part of the issue is they have a lot of talent, but consistently putting together has been an issue, not just this year, but the past two years. I'm going to go ahead and lay the three-and-a-half. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins at home with the Vikings, Brent. John, we're opposite of each other a lot this week, again, like we were last week. i got to try to get back here. in this. Man. Arizona is back on track. DeAndre Hopkins is back. Kyler was using them. There was a shootout then. They just kind of let the back door open a little bit there, but they didn't come in. They closed it out. They won by seven last week. I think Arizona wins this game outright, but you're going to give me three and a half points. I'm going to take it all day long. I'll probably buy a half, call it plus four. Give me Arizona Cardinals on the road. What do you got over there, Cappy? Wow. Holby's going with Arizona money line plus six, five. Wow. I'm going to have to go with the Vikes here. I think they're steaming. Uh, they're, they're gonna, it should be a pretty easy roll. Um, I'm going to say Vikes by ten. Week 8 of our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Will Tequila Shots. 1 o'clock CBS, Vegas on the road in New Orleans. 
Both teams have not been good. I think New Orleans, because of injuries and such, have been more of the disaster. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the point and a half as Vegas, so the favorites going in on the road. Give me the Raiders in New Orleans over the Saints, Brent. Yeah, we're on the same side on this one, John. I mean, there's a lot of injuries. Plus, you got uh, Jameis Winston getting benched. He's, he's fine to play. He's been cleared. He was cleared last week. The Red Rifle's back. Red Rifle put up yeah. some points last week. He, looked he good. also threw a couple interceptions and cost his he team. He also so, did, yeah. and that's that's Dalton being Dalton, right? And I think it's going to happen again. I want to take the Las Vegas Raiders on the road. I'll lay the one and a half with you. Cap. Trap play, trap play. I'm going with Nolens. Putting on the beads, baby. Uh, what? I like that one and a I half. I didn't even have to show you anything. Good. In the world <laughs> is going on in New England right here. you got a quarterback controversy. they got a punt on Matt Jones here. No, he's really? gonna, he's going to be starting. He took ninety percent of the uh, snaps. Ninety percent first, first team offense this week. He so. needs to take one hundred. But he's going to get that easy yank, right? He does, does one thing. No, bad, it's not going to take a minute. Yeah, comes out flat like he did last yeah, week. They the, looked horrible. The, the, the genius may not be handling this very well. Uh, New England, however, two and a half point favorites. Uh, they are on the road against the Jets. Give me that two and a half and take the upstart Jets. Uh, Mike Greenberg's probably going to get aroused if he hears this right now, but uh, two and a half is too much for me not to take. Give me the Jets at home and that two and a half, Brent. I'm with you. This line is really kind of fishy to me because I just don't even see this. You got a five and two New York Jets team against a three and four Patriot team that we all watched on TV and they looked horrible uh, last week. So. Uh, I, I think the wrong team's favored. This was going to be my lower scene lock, John, but I had one that kind of stepped up a little bit further on it. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jets uh, plus two and a half. Again, always buy that, buy that hook up to plus three and uh, give me the Jets at home. What do you got there, Caps? I just can't see New England coming through on this. Uh, I like the Jets. Um, I've never thought I'd actually I say that. I, I, we haven't said those words in a long time. Not at we? all, not at all. But I, yeah, I, I, I like that two and a half. I said the Jets win by... Uh, a field goal. And that final 1 o'clock start on CBS is in Philly. The fantastic Eagles so far. What a fat number. 11-point favorites at home against Pittsburgh. I don't know if that means more that the Eagles have been so impressive or that the Steelers have been terrible and how far the fall has been for them. I'm going to go ahead and circle the Eagles. I'm going to lay that 11, which is against my better judgment. Give me the Eagles at home, though, against the Steelers. Laying the big wood right big there, John. Wood, man, I Laying know the it. big wood. It's you know, scary. I just can't do it. The Steelers suck. And I remember, I told everybody how bad the Steelers were going to suck. And they suck. No, they do suck. Uh, yeah, and you're talking about a, uh, an undefeated uh, Eagle team, right? They're 6-0. Mm-hmm. They're 4-2 and against the spread. Pittsburgh's 2-5 and five, uh, straight up. You know what? Pittsburgh, they were an 11-point dog against the Buccaneers, and they won the game by, and by what was it, 10, I think, or something? Mm-hmm. They actually yep. just destroyed uh, Tampa Bay. I think this one's going to be a little closer than the, uh, the books think here. I think Philly definitely wins the game. I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus those 11 juicy points. What do you got, Caps? Well, you can see the frustration on Tomlin's face. Uh, it's been pretty clear. I'm going to have to go with the birds on this one. I'm playing the 11 and a uh, 11. I think it'll be 11 and a half by game time. All right. Uh, Titans coming off that win at home over the Colts this past Sunday. 4.05. That's a late afternoon window game on CBS on the road at Houston. Uh, I think Houston sucks. I don't think Tennessee's that great either, but they're tougher and they're better coached than anybody going in the AFC South. So lay the two and a half and take the Titans on the road. Yeah, I like that too, John. Real quick, let me jump back because I did miss my Lunazul Tequila shot of the week, and that was in the Jets game. I got so excited about the Jets, taking the Jets, talking about them, never have done that. Michael Carter. Take Michael Carter. He, if he's out there still, you've got to get him on your team. He is now the running back up there. Let's circle back down to this Tennessee-Houston game. 
Uh, my larceny lock of the week is in this game, John. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans to easily cover this two and a half. Tennessee Titans plus, or excuse me, minus two and a half, larceny lock of the week. We lost John's uh, voice over there. Cappy, who you like over here? We got Tennessee Houston. I am going with uh, the Houston Texans on this one. Whoa. I think uh, Tennessee's going to a little, little bit of a hiccup. That's going to move Houston up in the, uh, com- or in the, in the division. Um, obviously, the Colts aren't doing anything, so uh, I'm going to go with the Texans on this one. Well, I, I think you and I are opposite of every pick here, so somebody's going to be really good next week. All right. You know what just happened there? What, what I, uh, I unplugged my mic myself with my foot. Wow. I've never done that before. Wow. Hey, Cam, have I ever unplugged myself before? I've never done that. I wonder why things got peaceful for a minute, right? Yeah, we were over yeah. here having a good old time. I, we thought, like, oh. I thought you guys were trying to tell me something right there. I've never unplugged myself with my foot. All right, I'm sorry. Where was I right now? All right, we're going to go to the uh, – we're going to skip over that game. We're going to go to the San Francisco-Los yes. Angeles Rams game, John. All right, Christian McCaffrey made his debut last week with the 49ers. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. I'll play that one-and-a-half. I'll take the Niners on the, the Rams. You don't have enough offense. They don't have enough they offense. Have offense. This is right one of those trap time. games right here, right? So yeah. you see what San Francisco did. The Rams have looked horrible. I think the Rams are going to come out and win this game. They're the home dog. But plus I just said they don't have enough offense. Give me the Rams, Johnny. Give me the Rams. What do you got, Caps? I don't believe in the Niners. I mean, McCaffrey, definitely a good acquisition. But I'm going to have to take the uh, one and a half and go with the Rams. All right. Who do you believe in this one? The Giants or the Seahawks? Who is for real? The Giants have been fantastic. They are, however, getting three points on the road in Seattle. Seattle with Geno Smith. It looks like Seattle kind of knew something about Russell Wilson, right? When they just said, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and send you on your way here. Three and a half point favorites at home. I'll circle the Seahawks. I'll take the home Seahawks minus three. Brent Alverson. I am against you here, my friend. I think the Seattle thing is going to kind of cloud up a little bit. These Giants, they keep winning. They're 6-1 mm-hmm. and one against the spread. They're 6-1 and one straight up win record. I think They are and, charmed. And you're so going to far. give me three points yeah. with this team. And I think they're the superior team here. I'm going to take those three points. I think Giants win the game, honestly. Give me the Giants plus three. They are charmed. But the thing that they're doing better than they're not turning the football over right That's right. Now. Absolutely. And that's, that's such a key. We've seen this here. I mean, the Colts just turn the football over, turn the football over. Daniel Giants, Jones has been running, too. Yeah. I mean, he's been looking good. The Giants have it, and that's one of the chief reasons why you see them start, starting off as good and as good as we've seen them start off in a while. Cappy, what do you got? I've been waiting on this one. I'm going with, this is my put it in your pipe and smoke it play. <laughs> the what, Giants what that plus over there? three. <laughs> oh, I love it. We're on the same page with your put it in the pipe smoking. I love it. All right, Brent Halvers is going to be very sad because on Sunday night football, Green Bay and Buffalo. Green Bay has been disappointing. Now, the Colts right now are the most disappointing team in the NFL. But closely behind the Colts would be Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Both the Bays right here. Buffalo, 11.5-point favorites at home. Normally against Aaron Rodgers, I'd say hell no. But in this case... They don't look like they have much of an offensive clue right now or the necessary answers to turn this around against this good Buffalo team. So give me the Bills. Lay the 11 and a half at home Sunday night, Brent. I think that's a smart play, right? We've seen what Buffalo can do. They're the best team in the NFL. We've seen what the Packers can't do. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. But you know how crazy this NFL season has been? When you think this is going to be one of these big shootout blowouts, it doesn't. And all of a sudden, things shift a little bit. It's still Aaron Rodgers there. Granted, we have no receivers. We have no offense. 
you know what? Just because of that, go pack, go. Give me the plus 11 and a half. I knew Packers. you were going to go. You were kind of waving the pom-poms a little bit. Uh, Cappy, man, he's waving the pom-poms. Olverson might be the biggest homer I've ever seen for Green Bay. I bet but against him right. the last two times, and oh, I've covered both okay. times. All right. I'm, I'm telling you he right might, now. He knows something. This, he might be on I'm an owner, Cap. You I'm know an owner. I got inside information. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the buff. We're going to get boof. Yeah. Minus 11 and a half. Let's Ooh, go. Big numbers. Monday night are 815 in Cleveland, the Bengals, and an AFC North matchup with the Browns. And you can just kind of see it, can't you? You can see that offense coming together. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase putting up big numbers. There are so many weapons offensively. If the Bengals can just keep secure Joe Burrow for a minute, he's going to make magic happen. Lay that three and a half on the road and take the Bengals, who look like offensively they are getting better and better at the end of October. Brent Halvers. You're absolutely right. He's got three receivers that are just, you can yeah. go to any one of them at any point in time. you got Joe Mixon back there. you got you got a full arsenal back there. And I just look at these quarterbacks, right? Burrow versus Brissett. Brissett has done okay. He's done decent. Uh, the Bengals have been hot as of late. You know, five and two against the spread, four and three on the season. I don't see it here. I'm, I, I, Bengals all the way. I'll take the Bengals. I'll lay the three and a half. Who day? Cap. I believe Burroughs throws for four here. Um, I've got to go with the Bengals minus three and a hook. What pisses me off about that is because Kyle Udemark, who's in our league, fantasy football league, has Burrow. And as Lamar Jackson's numbers have decreased, Burrow's numbers have increased. Now... That's good for me because I also have Jamar Chase. But it's problematic because Burrow's putting up big numbers the last couple of weeks. Oh, he has. He's finally got that groove back. And, again, you got those receivers out there. Somebody's going to be open. He's got trust and faith in every one of them, and, and uh, they're looking good. All right, final game we're going to do in Week 8. Larson, the Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots, Legendary Slippery Noodle, me, Brent Halverson, Cappy at the helm doing our Week 8 picks. All right, the Colts. So they disappoint in Tennessee on Sunday. On Monday, they make a quarterback change. Out goes the 37-year-old Matt Ryan. In comes the never played, I should say never started, an NFL game in his life. Here you go. The Washington Commanders coming up on Sunday afternoon at 425. I know that I sound like a butthole here. I don't mean to, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I don't expect to see it, and frankly, until I do see it, I cannot be honest with you and say that Ellinger is going to be the difference in this. And as I've told you before, the problem is more the line that creates the foobar with the offense than it is the quarterback here. Like, is Matt Ryan done? Matt Ryan's done. But... Did he expect more for that offensive line? Should he deserve more for that offensive line? He did. The offensive line, good to see you, brother, is going to be the same. Sam Ellinger, while inspiring the crowd at the beginning, until I see it, I cannot believe it. So in this case, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take the three points, and I'm going to take the commanders at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday. I hope not, because then that is going to create a chain reaction where we'll see on Tuesday what the trade deadline may look like. And I really don't want the Colts to punt on the season, but I just I got to see Ellinger perform before I can buy it, because all anybody's told me is, well, this guy's a leader. This guy's great. What a great story, a Disney story. You know, let's make a great book one of these days. But nobody ever talks about how he's performed because we haven't seen it. I've got to see it to believe it, Brent. Absolutely. You know, this game I look at this, this I'm going to call this the double bounce back factor here, right? You got Washington coming off a high. They went into Lambeau Field and won the game against the Packers. 
Colts lost, right? Well, now there's a big switch up. There's a change. Ellinger, I think he's had a week to prepare. I think people are excited about this change. You had Matt Ryan who couldn't move out of his shadow. He just has no wheels on him. He's just yeah. old. This kid can do that, and I think that's going to be, we talked earlier, I think that's going to be the big thing here. I'm looking for big things with this. I think it's a great move for the Colts. Uh, it's a great, we talked earlier as well. He's starting at home against the Commanders. He's going to have a big, big, uh, big support staff around him. I think uh, Ellinger gets it done. He gets his first W, and, and they cover that three easy. I think Colts by 10. Wait, so you're going with, Colts. You're going with Ellinger and the Colts, Colts right here? Colts, lay the three. Hey, listen, I think, I, I think that Heineke sucks too, but I got to see it first. Cappy. Wow. Break um, the tie. I just don't know if he's going to be up to tempo um, speed-wise. Uh, obviously, you know, we played some preseason. This is a whole different uh, different realm he's going to be in. Um, Cappy, I'm, I want him to. I'm gonna I have, want him to. I, I'm going to have to go with Wash. Um, plus three. I don't want to do it that way. I don't either. Uh, I, don't, I want this to be a great story because Colts fans deserve a great story. They deserve something really, really nice. But I just can't, in my right mind, maybe if I drank a little bit more and got hammered or something, maybe, oh, yeah, okay. But in my right mind right now, I can't do it. John, I'm telling you, you know, you got to lift those spirits up, right? you got to really well, look at it. It's not about it, – it, I think the change is, is, was inevitable, right, just because yeah. it's bad as they've looked. This is a spark, and they've got to take advantage of this spark and make it work. So, I'm, uh, I don't know. I, Kyle Udemark, jump in here. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday with Ellinger? Man, I want it to be a Disney type of story. But I've just got to see that Disney story before I can believe it's going to happen. What say you? I think I'm more concerned about the Colts offensive line against this yes. commander's defensive line. That combined with Ellinger's inexperience, and I just cannot pick the Colts to win this game. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I said, hey, offensive line, if you don't want your, your line coach fired, play better. You know, you've already, you've already played to the level in which you've got a veteran future Hall of Fame quarterback benched as a 37-year-old. I mean, if, if that doesn't spark you to be better, then nothing will. So if you don't see something better out of this offensive line, then Chris Ballard has completely screwed this up, and you're going to have to, you're going to, have to remake this thing because it's just not going to work because that's where you start. Absolutely, and as our good friend Christian Webb down at the Brown County Music Center. Shout out shout to out Brown to County Music Center, Starship with Mickey Thomas. As he sent me earlier. I got to go see uh, We Built This City. I got to see them sing We Built This City. Well, absolutely. I do. We'll make that happen. Christian's the man. He said, <laughs> I call problems around here opportunities. That's what's happening for Sam Ellinger. He's got the opportunity right now. He's got to capitalize on it. Again, I think there's been a big buzz around that. Colts, man. Colts, got to get back, get back on the, uh, the winning track, right? Go, I, go horse. I know you guys love great music. We Built This City by Starship yeah. with Mickey Thomas. Is that right up there on your list of great songs? Of I mean, all time? it's up in the top 300. I mean, yeah. you know. You know, when they, when they had the DJ talk in the middle of it, they had me at that. <laughs> DJ talks. The San Francisco DJ talks. Yeah. Looking out over that Golden Gate you Bridge. Took your, stole your heart right there, right? Morning traffic. Bumper to bumper traffic. That was oh, on my so playlist great. on my MySpace page. Oh, I think it was number one. It's number one, but it may be one of the most hated songs of all time. They just played it too much. You think a Christian can? I want to go see Mickey Thomas and Christian. I know you're listening out there. Let's uh, let's come up with something I for do. our man JMV hey, to I get will, him down to see I that beautiful amphitheater down there. I will tell you this: they are every single week it seems booking better and better. 
entertainment. That is a venue, bro. I, I tell you what, if you've not been down there, get down and check it out. It is one of the best new venues that we've had down there. I've, I've had a pleasure of seeing a couple shows down there. I did too. There's not Gordon a, Lightfoot for me. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw Bob Weir and the Wolf Brothers. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on now. Yes. And then Blackberry Smoke down there as yes. well. It was outstanding. And I'll be down there uh, December, or excuse me, November 10th. Dark Star Orchestra is on their mm-hmm. 25th anniversary tour, and they're down there. Cappy, if you've not been, man, it, the furthest seat away is 100 feet. I mean, yeah. it, it is close. It is like a little Deer Creek inside. That's really cool. And the sound yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I mean, definitely. it's really good. So, Plus, it's uh, down in my, uh, I love stomping ground, a little B-town. We take back roads all the way down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Cappy, thanks, brother. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. That's an area slippery noodle. Cappy's here. Brent Halverson rejoins us. Going to go for a minute. Quick break, and we'll come back. The free samples are flowing here. Legendary slippery noodle, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul Tequila Shots on a Thursday with 93.5 and 107. The Ride with JMV. I got nowhere else to go. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. We got a lot of FFAers in the house. Indiana FFA right there. Got Illinois FFA. What high school are you guys from? North Putt, baby. Shout out to North Putt. Hey, what if somebody were to tell you that South Putt is better than North Putt? Would you guys take offense to that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you should. Damn right. What if somebody were to tell you Greencastle's better than North Putt? Would you guys take advantage? Uh, does Greencastle suck? Yeah. Greencastle <laughs> sucks. North Putt, shout out. FFA is here. All right, we're back at Slippery Noodle, legendary Slippery Noodle, Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Got uh, our friend Mike Chappell coming up at the top of the hour. Sam Ellinger, the starter on Sunday. We'll talk about that. I'll double back to the Pacers stuff from last night in Chicago in a minute. So hold on a second, Kyle. Do you have the Jamar Chase info? I just went off on how this Bengals offense was on the rise here and how Joe Burrow was in a groove here. And Jamar Chase is on my fantasy team and one of the big producers on my fantasy team. So then we hear today that he's going to miss some time. What do you got? Yeah, I think both of our fantasy teams are going to take a hit. He has a uh, hip injury. He's going to miss four to six weeks. What? What's wrong with his hip? Man, that stinks. Because you can just kind of see. You can kind of see. And, Kyle, you know that because you have Joe Burrow. And we were just talking about that. Hey, good to see you, man. How you doing? You could kind of see this team offensively finally finding that groove because it wasn't something that was easily found, Brent, by them in the first month plus of the season. But in the past couple of weeks, you could really see it, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. And, and again, we just talked about it. And we got Cam Schefter over there bringing us the uh, the hot news off the yeah, press. Yeah, I'm pissed off at Cam, man. That breaks my heart it right It does there. my – and you know what else he just said? I've got to do a little research on my boy Lazard's going to be out. Whoa. They're both on my team. Whoa. So, so wait a minute. How do I pick 900 wide receivers and all of them get hurt? Well, what it is, John, it is called <laughs> Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Well, this Murphy guy this can is kiss Mur- my butt. This Murphy guy. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> this stinks. Oh, man. So Lazard's wow. on the bench. I got to hook in. I got to get Christian Kirk back in. I mean, I guess it's a good thing I drafted like 900 wide receiver. But seriously, you could see Cincinnati. Now, granted, we talk about Tyler Boyd. I mean, you talk about T. Higgins, one healthy. You talk about, you mentioned Mixon as well. They, if any team out there at that position can withstand that loss for a couple of weeks, a month, or whatever it's going to be, they can. But, man, you can just see them coming together. That is so Cincinnati sports right there. It really is. You know what this brings up, John? We've never done this before. I'm going to do something kind of groundbreaking here. 
after the Larson Lock Lunazul Shot show we just did, yes. I'm going to throw an asterisk pickup of the week. A Lunazul Shot of the week is now Tyler Boyd. Go get him. Get yeah, him you got to throw that back in. Yeah, absolutely. Changes yeah. the whole landscape of things. Well, the reason why we bring that up is because I know you're Cincinnati. You guys are going, wait a minute, we're in Indy. We don't care about that. But because we were just talking about how well this Bengals offense started to play and how much better they were getting, and then that throws a wrinkle in their plans without a doubt. The Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul, Tequila Shots, me, Brent Halverson, Cappy, a little bit earlier. That podcast, 107.5thefan.com. The legendary Slippery Noodle is where we are today. Hey, by the way, tomorrow's show is going to be live at Whiskey Business on Pendleton Pike. So Pendleton Pike coming up tomorrow at Whiskey Business. Now, if those of you out there, if you're like me and you're skeptical, but you got to see it to believe it, but you do want to see it, you want to see what happens live. We're going to have tickets for you tomorrow. Commander's Colts tickets. We're going to be at Whiskey Business, Pendleton Pike, coming up tomorrow. Multi-pair of Commander's Colts tickets for you. So if you want to see for yourself what the Colts believe, Sam Ellinger being some sort of solution to what ailed them offensively, you can see that live if you win those coming up tomorrow. Again, Whiskey Business, Pendleton Pike. That's a Bud Light Blue Friday coming up on tomorrow's show. Oh, I do want to revisit this, too. 239-1070. I got a couple of minutes for your calls. I want to revisit what I was talking about regarding Ellinger. And a lot of you are saying, man, you're just such a butthole. Why do you have to be that way? All right, why can you not embrace Sam Ellinger? He's going to be great. He, he's going to be so much better than, than Matt Ryan. And I, I told you why, because I haven't seen it, and I don't expect it. And because, really, before anything else, if this offensive line doesn't play better, then nobody back there has any chance. So I think it's logical for me to take that opinion of a wait-and-see and and a non-belief until you actually see it done. But what I have to ask you is this. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? Because the Colts told you? What have you seen that makes you a believer? Do you believe it because this is probably going to be a last-ditch opportunity to regain any sort of season opportunity to have any interest in the remainder of the season? Why do you believe right now? Because for the most part, all we've heard is, well, the guy's going to be a great leader. Guys in the locker room love him. Coaching staff believes in him. Organization believes in him. Great story. All that is absolutely true. But the one thing we haven't heard is because we haven't seen it. Why do you expect it? Legs? Scrambling ability? Escapability? Why do you believe it if you're on board with this Ellinger move, like the Colts are right now, believing that this can make this offense better? Believing that it's better than Matt Ryan? Believing that it's better than Nick Foles? Why do you believe that? 239-1070. We'll get back to that. I know last night you guys are all on me about Miles Turner. I will say this. Um, you guys are going to say, well, you're just going to give excuses. I'm not giving excuses. The guy hadn't played in 10 months. The guy looked like he hadn't played in 10 years. <laughs> I mean, seriously, 10 months, 10 years. Um, didn't have a lot of athleticism. Didn't have a lot of juice. Didn't have a lot of hop. Hopefully that comes back. He better have plenty of motivation, my man. You better have plenty of motivation because I sit here right now on a stinking island and support him day after day, and you can't do a one of seven and have me try to talk nice about you. So I'm going to go ahead and make an excuse here. I'm going to make an excuse. 
It doesn't matter. He's going to be gone at the trade deadline anyway. Hey, listen, the Lakers are going to make a move, and that move is going to be here. At some point, we're going to be talking about Russell Westbrook coming here. He's not going to be playing, but he's going to be coming here. At some point, that's going to happen because Rob Palenka is going to make a last-ditch effort to save his ass in L.A., which is on the line right now. You saw them lose again. They're 0-4, lost in Denver last night. They're going to make that move. So... The best thing for you would be that Miles gets back into his athletic form, his playing form, and then ends up someplace else and ends up in this case. I know nobody wants to see Westbrook here. He's not going to be here. I mean, they're going to trade him here, and they're going to buy him out, and he's going to go and end up someplace else. But I'll make an excuse for him last night. They have a couple of blocks, some rebounds. (laughs) But he, he looked like a dude, honestly. He looked like a dude that hadn't played in 10 months. When's the last time you didn't play? I mean, none of you play because you guys all suck. When's the last time that uh, you played, didn't play for 10 months, and then came right out? And... <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying. But that wasn't good last night. But that's exactly what I think everybody expected. You don't play for 10 months. You get back into that situation. That's not good. I guess if you're looking for a saving grace, it's not like anybody else on that team can guard anybody, their shadow, anybody else. So that was going to be an issue. But, yeah, it was a struggle in Chicago last night. And as I mentioned, too, regarding the Pacers, that's what you're going to see. They're going to get down big. They're going to come back because every NBA team does. And then you're going to screw up like what we saw in that fast break. And then Taylor had that, that, that bad foul that led to what a four-point play or whatever it was and really kind of changed the momentum when the Pacers were only down four in the second half right there. So you're going to probably see that more times than not this season. So you're going to have to really embrace on those little things. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. We'll get back into the Sam Ellinger conversation. Brent Halverson rejoins as well. We're at the Slippery Noodle, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool Tequila Shots, Thursday. It's 93.5107. Five the fan. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. If you guys know the Slippery Noodle, you know it's legendary. Uh, week 8, Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. You know, hey, Bill, we couldn't start the show. We had to wait until 5 o'clock to start the show without you, man. It's good to see you. Tavern Tour Stop shirts are available right now. Hats are available right now. So just come on up here and get them. The FFA is in town. Shout out to the Future Farmers of America in the house today as well. Brent Holverson, Cappy a little bit earlier. And again, a shout out to Aaron Johnson of Waste Management's little $2,500 donation coming up on Sunday when they throw the football down on the field to our friends at Teachers Treasures, Matt Godbell, Aaron Johnson, and Griff. Man, thank you guys. Because seriously, uh, my mom was an educator. My wife was an educator until some nunnery happened right there, too. Um, and, and she was among the best at doing it. And it's tough. It seems like every single year it gets tougher and tougher. And I know that I have a lot of teacher slash educator listeners out there. You know how I feel about you. You know how much I love you. And we try to help out as much as we can with our friends at Teacher's Treasures, Margaret and the gang over there, $2,500 coming their way. There's Michelle right there, by the way. Say hi to Michelle. 
Say hi inside the lounge via YouTube Live. There she is. Um, yeah, and it really it's been a, a great month because you think about it, Bruce Kidd uh, set up this thing. We raised over $6,000 for Teacher's Treasures a couple of weeks back, shooting free throws over a Butler. So you, love you guys, and thank you to Waste Management and Aaron Johnson for doing that because of all the things that I do here, and this is a blast. I mean, I love doing this. I love coming to the Slippery Noodle. I love going on Fridays to a Bud Light Blue Friday and giving you guys a chance to go to the game on Sunday um, with Bud Light Zinc Distributing over at Whiskey Business on Pendleton Pike tomorrow. But that's the one thing at the top of that list is helping out teachers' treasures and, and helping out the educators out there because they need us. They really, really need us. Now, really, more than ever, they need us. So thank you, Aaron Johnson, and thank you, Waste Management, for that. Um, also, a little bit earlier, Matthew Paris of the Washington Times, his side of covering the commanders for that matchup coming up on Sunday. Meantime, Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline from CBS4 and Fox 59. He broke the story earlier this week about Sam Ellinger being elevated to the starting quarterback and the benching of the 37-year-old Matt Ryan. It is Mike Chappell with us. Mike, I, I've said this because I had to make our, our picks on the game on Sunday today. And while I hope it works, while I hope that it turns into some sort of Disney movie one of these days that everybody can enjoy because we know this, the Colts fans need some enjoyment. It's been few and far between over the years. I just can't honestly believe that it's going to work until I see it work once. Is that a fair assessment going into Sunday with Sam Ellinger under center? Yeah, I'm on that train with you. I, you know, you know, Tom Brady and Kurt Warner, those are great stories, uh, but boy, they just don't come around often. Uh, I mean, once every 25 years. Yeah, I. Everybody's talked high of Sam, as you, and for good reason. I mean, he's he's done things the right way. He had a great preseason, which okay. At least he had a great preseason, but he, he, he's not played. He, he's not played, but 18 snaps, no passes, and all that. And and until you play, you just don't know. I I just it, it's hard to get super optimistic is great, but to have realistic realistic expectations when you've got nothing to base it on, other than practice running the scout team and preseason. I I, I want more. I think it'd be great if he goes out there and not lights it up to 300 yards, but, but just does his job, makes the throws, sort of manages, but more than that. And they come out of there and they win 23-20. I think that'd be great. And then we'll see where this thing goes because the alternative is not, is not very encouraging. You know, I'm, I'm not sure how you go back to Matt Ryan after you're sort of, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of nasty phrases you could use, but they, they threw him away. They just did. Uh, and Nick Foles has been sort of yo-yoed around from, you know, three to two, now back to two. So it, 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 it needs to work for a lot of reasons. I hope it works for the kid, kid, for, 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 for Sam. Uh, but history says, you know, tap the brakes a little bit. So Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59 He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. The, the Colts are kind of fortunate here, and here's why. They're a 3-3-1 three, three, team. 
Um, and a fan base that still is hoping that they start consistently playing better. You make a quarterback change. Normally, if you're talking about 31 other NFL markets out there, they're probably all suggesting, yeah, this team is tanking, this team is surrendering, the white flag is up, they're done. But here, the Colts have sold this fan base on, hey, this is new, even though you haven't seen it, we believe in it, we believe it's going to work, and this is the path that we're going to take. So they are kind of fortunate with that regard because most of these NFL cities would say, all right, well, this team is done before Halloween. Well, and, and there's a segment of the fan base that's been calling for Sam as well. Yes. So yes. It, it, it's not like the, 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 the team's shoving him down their throats. There, there's people, people, you know, people, media, all, all of everyone. You always like the guy that's not playing. It's just the way it is. You love, you know, if the starting quarterback is struggling, you, you want the backup because he's not the starting quarterback. So, and but but keep in mind that they're 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 not uh, they're not making this move. I don't think because they want to. They sort of have to. Well, first of all, they have to because because Ryan wouldn't have been ready to play this week. I mean, he, he said, well, well, maybe it would have been close, and you never know, and all this, but. There's there's a very 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 real chance that he the shoulder wouldn't have been ready for him to play. Well, they took that out of the mix when when Frank said that even even without the injury, this move would have been made. So it, it's just it's just difficult to, to to wrap your arms around it when we've been around long enough to know that generally these things don't work out the way you hope, you know, maybe the fact that he's new and, and fresh and brings a totally different approach to the position than what Matt Ryan did. There will, there will be an, an immediate boost sort of like they threw the ball 58 times against Jacksonville and it worked because maybe Jacksonville really wasn't prepared for it Well, then Tennessee was, and then it didn't work so well. So we'll see. Uh, and what's got to ha- what's got to happen is everybody around him has got to play better. I mean, I, I kind people in the locker room were talking yes. about, well, you know, it's it's eleven of us and we didn't do enough. I wish somebody would have been a little more forceful to say, you know, what what can you know you do to help Sam? Well, we can we we can not get him beat up and and sacked and, and injured. Uh, I, I, I wish there was a little bit more of that. And you know, we were talking in the press room. What's real? This is one of those really, really strange dynamics to where I can make a strong case that the injury mucks it up. But you can make a strong case that they shouldn't have done this. That Matt Ryan is the reason they're three, three, and one. You know, he's led three and a half fourth quarter comebacks, overtime comebacks. But he's also the reason that they're three, three, and one with the losses. So they they just they just could no longer tolerate the mistakes that were that some of the, most of them were his. I mean, some of the interceptions were forced, some of them weren't. Uh, so it was sort of like they they sort of had to do it. I would much rather, and this is just me. I would much rather if they had come out on Monday and said, you know, Matt Matt's hurt, the shoulders, you know, sprained shoulder, grade two, blah blah, and he's going to miss a game or two. And until then, Sam's our quarterback, and then we'll reevaluate. To just say 
you know, right yeah. now Sam's our quarterback for the rest of the season. That just that just kind of left Matt hanging out to dry. And I don't know how, barring injuries to, to Ellinger or Foles, you go back to Matt Ryan. I don't know how you do it. Hey, Mike, do you view this at all as a surrender? No. I, yeah, no, no. Uh, and boy, 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 Frank took umbrage to that, you know, where that's not in our DNA. And what do you, I mean, and he should say that. If, if I'm – but i tell you one thing. We talked to guys in the locker room, and the overriding word was shocked. You know, I'm shocked. I was shocked at the coach's decision, but I'm shocked. And it wasn't one or two guys. It was a lot of them. If I'm, if they're waving the white flag, what do you think DeForest Buckner and Stephon Gilmore and, and Ryan Kelly and these guys are thinking? What do you mean waving a white flag? I, you know. We got ten games to go, and and, and well, I'm not, I would I tell be... you this, hey Mike. Sorry to interrupt you, yeah. But I think the real tank would have been if you continued to go with Matt Ryan the way that was going. That to and, me is and, the and tank, I, and, I, and I understand. I understand that. I, I totally understand. That's why I say it's. I could argue both ways, and I think I can make a strong argument both both ways. But your point is is accurate. All I'm saying is that if I'm players and coaches and GMs. With job security on the line, I and this is just me. I would rather try to get through it with Matt Ryan and hope, like they had the last couple of years, that things came together late, and you could make a push. As opposed to saying we're going to try to get through this with a second or with a sixth round draft pick who's never played. That, that's my only point. But uh, but but you make a strong point. Is is how. How long do you stick with something when it's not working? Uh, and it's totally reasonable, and I, I can't argue too much. All I'm saying is I think, Ryan, long run gives you a better chance to come out of this and look decent, maybe even competitive for a wild card spot, which I know it's, it's, it's crazy to think about, as opposed to going this route. But I, I can't argue too strong against what you're saying. Hey, Mike, was the reason why they just came out and said when they did that was Ellinger the rest of the year, you know, obviously with Ryan not being back, was that because of the contractual language and trying to save money on the back end of this? Is that why? That I, that I don't know. I, need, I, I didn't think there was anything uh, uh, game-related, play-related to the contract. Uh, I mean, if – let's say he doesn't play again the rest of this season. I don't know how, maybe I'm just way wrong on the contract. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's got any, you know, playtime incentives and all that. And what you owe him next year is what you owe him next year. Unless you cut him before the third day of the league year and all that. I, I don't know. And if somebody knows they, they, they can correct me, but I just didn't think this contract involved. Well, if he doesn't play anymore, we, we don't know him this. Cause I, just, I don't think there's playtime well, incentives in there. I, I thought that at the end of the year, if he can't pass a physical, then they're going to be on the hook for upwards of eight or nine more million dollars than they would otherwise. He's got because clearly, he, clearly at the end of the year, clearly when they're, they're able, they're going to cut him. But that, right. that was the scenario that I thought. And from everything they say, this, this is like a, a one or two or three week injury. It's not like this is a seat unless he goes out and gets right. surgery or whatever. So, so yeah, and he's due a, 
what, $12 million next year of his base is guaranteed. And then he's owed a seven or seven and a half million dollar roster bonus if he's on the roster the third day of the league year. So I, you know, that, so that's why I don't know that it matters. If, I was going to say, if when they cut him, they're going to, they're going to owe eight, $18 million in dead money, but you save 17. So I just, I just don't know how he wouldn't pass his physical in, in, in January. Because, uh, you know, I, I get the impression, you know, he, he thought he could almost have played this week. He said it would have been close. Uh, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but I, I think that's the way it is. So do you think that there's no way in the world he quarterbacks another game here? Outside of injury, I don't know how it would. I mean, again, 10 games to go, and if the line doesn't get his act together and there's still pressure and quarterbacks getting hit, then I can see them getting down to him. But I don't know how if if I don't know how they get to him unless it's injury. I, I just don't. It seems like they're they're committed to finding out what Sam Ellinger can do. And I understand that, it, and but I thought they would have waited until December to find out what they've got because they need to, you know, we've talked about this. They need to find their quarterback next off season in the draft. They just have to. And at some level, you got to know what you have on Ellinger. You you just you you need to know if he's is he a possible starter? Is is he is he simply going to be a long term backup? Which there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I I don't know. It, it, it's it's such a mess. And and until they until they get the quarterback thing fixed long term, here's where we are. I just I I just don't know how this thing plays out. I I you know the the one stat I threw out there which stunned me is since 1966 they've had one quarterback, Colts quarterback, win his first career start. One. And it was Chris Chandler, 1988. So it's not like, you know, there's a lot of reason. Well, you know, this guy did it. This guy did it. No, one guy did it. Uh, I hope he plays well. I, I hope the team gets his act together. But but if the other parts don't play better, if the offensive line doesn't play better, if they can't run the ball, you want Sam throwing the ball 50 times? I mean, really? So it, it's so much more than just Sam Ellinger and hoping it works out, because if it doesn't work out, it's going to be a long November and December in Indianapolis. I agree. It's Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I brought this up. Kevin Bowen and I had a spirited discussion yesterday because he is all on board with, you, you know, you got to check out all these alternatives, some other teams that yeah. may want guys that make sense to trade uh, by the Tuesday trade deadline. I countered with this. To me, with a team that right now is 3-3-1, and one, and really, whether you're 3-3-1 three, three or 3-4-1 or 3-3-2, three, three you've got to be really careful how you handle this because in the eyes of a lot of Colts fans, you're still in it. So if you go off on what some people could get in their mind as a fire sale before the trade deadline happens, you can lose some folks around here more than you're losing folks right now. You believe that? Oh, you'd lose. You'd, you'd lose. Frank was at, I can't remember who it was. One of our guys asked Frank if going to, to Sam was, was the sign of you're waving the white flag. And again, and again, Frank pushed back. Frank pushed back, and he should have. But 
if you start, I'm not talking uh, uh, getting rid of four or five guys. If you get rid of one guy, if you get rid of now, Kevin asked a really good question to, to Ryan, and that was, have you thought about asking for a trade? That that was a really good question, and <laughs> Ryan didn't say no. What he said was, hey, it's only been two days. So, but if I'm Matt Ryan, why wouldn't you? I'm not sure what you could get for him or or how many people would need him, but, but this is a guy that, in the right situation, which we thought it was going to be here, can play. He, he can play when, when he's not under siege. Uh, so I, I can see some playoff team that, you know, maybe doesn't like their backup or whatever. I, I could see that. But if they go and, and you know, Stefan Gilmore or, or I don't know, I'm sure you guys threw all the names out, Ryan Kelly, DeForest Buckner. Yeah, and Gawkway, just guys like that, yeah. If, 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 they, if they get rid of a guy like that, what else is it telling you that other than you're, you're looking ahead to next year? I, I don't know what, what other message you, you could be sending to your fan base. And, and again, uh, I can't remember if it was Kevin. Oh, no, it was the guy who was uh, uh, the guy we I work with at Fox Fifty Nine, and, and and he was saying, "No, this is a good thing because hey, if it goes in the dumpster, look what you're doing to your to to, to your draft stock next year. You're you're really getting prime, you know, a, a prime draft pick. Well, you want to sell that to your to your fan base in November, December, and and yeah." And, and bank on next year. And, and again, if, if, if that – they'll never say that, of course. But if they if they make moves in that direction, what what message does that tell your veterans that are still here? Naheem Hines and all these guys. They don't care about next year. They, they, they don't care about rebuilding and maybe we get a quarterback because things change. And, and – and, and maybe the roster changes big and all that stuff. So I, I can't imagine a player on that roster would embrace if we're really bad this year, look at the draft picks we can get next year. I, I just think that that doesn't happen. Maybe a portion of the fan base would like that, but boy, having to go through, there's 10 games to play. That's what's crazy. We've had all of this going on and there's still 10 games to play. And, you can look on that as good and bad, but but it, it, there still is. If, if they could just get their act together, there's still a chance. It, it, and it's not a you know a Buster Douglas chance against Mike Tyson. They still got a chance to do something, but only only if they start playing offense like they know what they're doing. Defense is playing lights out. Special teams, you know, hit and miss. Well, the kicker's been pretty good. But I, I I don't think it's a I I don't think they're they're, they're cashing in this year. But if Sunday doesn't go well and and, and yeah. then they decide to make some moves, then the fan base is going to have to accept it because it's really kind of obvious what they're doing. Well, and and here's how I I look at it as well. I think that again Sunday is going to be the tail of the tape, so to speak. I think that that they take their cue off of. You know, and that and the interest that you may or may not get from other teams out there. But I, I mean, it, it, you're right. And see, the other thing, Mike, how, what have we heard recently about this team or this organization over and over? Well, 
You know, they're slow starters. They get their act together, and then right. they close. And that, I mean, so much of this stuff flies against what they have talked about, what they have sold people around here. And I completely would understand why people would be ultra pissed if they would end up going down that path. Completely understand it. And the other thing is, too, it's all about trying to get up for what these these three elite-level quarterbacks and Mike there is not a chance in hell they get up there for that. They've got like four or five teams in front of them, legitimately in front of them. They are too good to get up to where they need to get one of those guys. Right, and that's the problem. And, and, and this league does not reward mediocrity. You got to, you know, that, that's why you get luck. That's why you got Peyton Manning, is because you were awful. You were awful the year before. And that, that's so you're right because it's one thing to say, well, you know, whatever it costs to move up in the draft to get that guy, you do it. But if there are two or three teams ahead of you that have no intention of trading that pick, you've got no chance. So it, it's it's really going to be interesting, and and that, that's why. But again, they've got to come out of the draft with with a guy that that they can. God, I hate to say live with because that's that's hardly a way to to, to build a franchise. But we've said this until the cows come home. Until they get this quarterback thing fixed, it ain't going to matter. And and what's crazy is I, I, I was on board as much as anybody. We thought that they had the quarterback thing fixed for at least a year, maybe two, with Matt Ryan. I, I, was, I was much more on board with this than I was with Wentz, although I thought Wentz might be a long-term, a four- or five-year guy. But I was really on board with, with Ryan. I... Not in my wildest dreams did I think the offensive line would play like this. And then they've turned Jonathan Taylor into just another guy. And we've talked about this. He's not just another guy. He's a, he's a stud. But they made him look like just a guy. And uh, maybe Santa's his mobility and getting outside the pocket. He can help the run game. Maybe that's going to help. But until the offensive line gets its act together, it's hard to see this team doing much of anything. I've said that the entire time, and Mike Chappell joins us, that it, it's the only way this is going to work is if the offensive line plays better. And the problem you have with that is we're going to see a dude, Mike, coming up on Sunday, and I screamed and yelled and whined and cried and do what I normally do here on this show from 3 to 6 about Charles Leno Jr. Yeah. And that was not prioritized. They went a different direction. That guy is solid, maybe not spectacular, but solid taking over for Trent Williams. And the Colts are left with, you know, this, you know, revolving door of dudes this season that Chris Ballard completely screwed the pooch on. And what's worse, <laughs> and what's going to point out even more, is they're putting Tariq Glenn in the ring of honor on Sunday. <laughs> one, one of the greatest Colts and a left tackle that you just would kill for. And maybe he can come out and play some more. I'm, I'm sure he's not exactly in football shape, but yeah, it, it's. Uh, it, and again, that, that's going to be one of the one of the things again that that you had to deal with in the off season is left tackle, and I, I still think you can sort of make do at right guard, which that's been a problem too. You can't make do at left tackle. You you can't you can't hide you can't hide a weakness at left tackle and. And you're right. There's a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, lobbying for for Leno, and, and instead they didn't go that way. And here they are. 
Here they are. All right. So I think we both, well, I'm, I'm going to gauge her. And, and hopefully this is a Disney movie or a Disney script and things work out and we don't have to go here. But listen, this is the Colts. When's the last time we had a Disney script around here? Really for any sports around here. When's the last yeah, Jim time? Har- Jim so, Harbaugh taking him to the AFC Championship game in 1995, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing Disney-worthy we've seen yeah, certainly in a while that surprises everybody. But I would have to ask you this. I, th- I think we both are on the same page as far as Frank Reich, ultimately at the end of a disappointing year, ultra-disappointing year being on the hook. And I think we both thought that Chris Ballard wouldn't be there too. But has Chris Ballard kind of moved on that bubble with the – the chain of events that are happening and that still could happen here at the end of the year? God, I hope not. And I hope it doesn't happen to Frank. I I think he's done a, a good job. Uh, the quarterback thing has really hamstrung him, and everybody's got their hand in there. Keep in mind, everybody, everybody embraced Matt Ryan. They had to be talked, they had to be talked into Carson Wentz, but everybody embraced Matt Ryan, so everybody's got their hand in it. It's a bottom-line business, and Frank went out of his way, and I understand that you know, they've won more than they've lost here, and it's been with five different quarterbacks going on six, and you know, sort of would, they've overachieved at some level. But, but still, the, the playoffs hasn't been what they've needed, what one playoff win. So, boy, would, would Jimmy just totally blow it up? I don't know. I, I, I hope not because I, I hate to see – guys unemployed i just i've been around a long time i just hate to see and it's awkward to talk about but i don't i don't know how they stay the same i i i don't know what could happen to make them say status quo going into the off season now whether that's the coach and the gm or whether it's one or i don't know but i it's pretty it's pretty easy to say that Something is going to change, and it depends on what your something, how, how much something you want that to be. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, I, I don't. I, if Frank goes, Chris deserves to go too. I don't want to see anybody fired. You know, I, I'm not that type of dude. But you know, if Frank ends up going, Chris is the one that puts this together, and the building blocks of this team on the offensive side, what he put together, what he believed in, his blueprint. It's failed miserably, and there's no way around that. So I'm sure that that's for future days, but that's what I'm kind of thinking about right here as far as, you know, the future of this team and, you know, if those decisions have to be made. Hey, Mike, before I let you go, 90% as I had heard, I guess, Jim Mersey's decision on this quarterback change? Only 90? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, I was yeah. given a little bit of fairness to the general manager and the coach, but yeah, yes, yeah, you're I, right. I, I'd, I'd love to know. I'd love to know how, how the dynamics were. I don't think Frank would have made this move. And, and again, they get the injury, which messes it up. But I don't think there's a chance in at all that, that Frank was in favor of turning away from Ryan just be, just because his job his job's on the line for crying out loud. Uh, th- this is this is one of those where. The owner had input. Let's put it that way. And, and yeah, I, I, I hope we don't, and I don't think he will, to get two hands on, but this was one where he just thought that he he had at some level to intervene. And here we are. 
I don't, I don't. That's not good, though. Would you agree? <laughs> I mean, the the the, the, yeah. the whole Scooby Doo meddling kids approach. That's not that's not good. No, it's not. It's not because uh, we've seen for the most part he's not done that. Now he did. He did right. with Carson Wentz. He did with Carson Wentz. Well, he uh, he, he did it with Frank that. Reich. He did it with the head coach. I mean, he. You know, he took the information from those that he firmly trusted the most and then made that informed decision on that coach. That was that was him. But I, I, um, you know, th- this was his decision to go to Ryan. I mean, he put the mandate down yeah. to make the change from Wentz and go to Ryan. I mean, this is be- this is becoming pretty familiar, right, with him coming down yeah. with those decisions. The fact has been twice in less than, gosh, January. Uh, yeah, and I think that's probably showing his his impatience with things. Although, keep in mind, again, he, he was he, he was fully embracing Ryan as well. No one had to sell anybody on Matt Ryan. So that's why, again, it was it's it's as much of it's as much of what's what's happened around Ryan. As Ryan, yeah, and uh, I, I just, I've mentioned it before. I, the only way I can characterize the move to Ellinger is desperation, because like you, like, like you pointed out, you couldn't keep doing what you're doing, and that's why, to some level, Matt Ryan sort of forced the issue with two more interceptions and a pick six. I tell you, when you hold, when a defense holds a team to three feet or to four field goals. And you lose by nine points. That that's it. You just can't have that. So yeah, it, it, it's not good to have an, an owner too too hands on. But I think this just showed you that his, his frustration level. I tell you, if if they didn't win in Denver in overtime, this might have happened earlier. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. I just um, yeah. As much as we both, like Jim say a great deal. There's no doubt about that. You, uh, It's not worked out. <laughs> it's not worked out. You hire somebody and let those people handle it, and then if they don't think, if you don't think they can handle it any longer, you got to do something about it, which I think clearly with some of these actions, that's the point at which he is right now. So, well, And again, like I said, we got, 10, we got 10 games to go, and it could go in different directions. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful, but not optimistic on the quarterback change only because history says it seldom works. Uh, especially when the people around him aren't working. So uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'll, I'll put it that way. Hey, if you were here right now, I'd get you drunk and you'd feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, to make me feel better, come over and, and mulch my leaves in my rental property. I've done it twice already. I've done it twice. I normally do that, but but I, I can't get there until Saturday, and it's going to be I'm going to be up to my ass in leaves. It's going to take me two hours to mulch part of my it, lawn. And part of the problem, part of the problem is it's been so dry, and then you get that day of rain. And they all come down at once, man. I mean, there's no progression to it. They all come down at once. You know, there, there's a remedy for this, and I've been telling my wife we need to get like pay a thousand bucks and have these two trees taken down. 
uh, you know, because <laughs> nah, it, man, you gotta have trees, leaves. man. It's, yeah, it's trees, leaves, trees are good. Trees. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Come over and mulch my leaves, and then I'll tell you how good they are. <laughs> my, so. y'all see, y'all see where I grew up, man. But my, my mom still lives. There's not. Uh, it's it's all trees. She got forty yeah. acres, basically, basically forty acres, thirty eight of which she's not seen in thirty years, right? <laughs> so butts up against crane, and that's all it is is leaves, man. That's it. So anyway, yep. all right, buddy, I appreciate you. I'll see you down there coming up on Sunday afternoon. See you Sunday. So Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine, Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. We're live with the Slippery Noodle, ninety three five one zero seven five. The fan. The Ride with JMV. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. (laughs) 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 Love it. There you go. Live with the legendary Slippery Noodle. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. It's a Thursday. It has been fantastic. Uh, coming up, we've got the Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. Brent Halverson rejoins us right here. All right, Brent, we got a special guest before we, we hit a break we again. We do, John. I Who we got? absolute pleasure during that little break there to, uh, to step out and talk to some great people out here. Yeah. And I met Bobo. Bobo. And Bobo's his beautiful, in the house. Hello, Bobo. And Lawan. Lawan and beautiful Lawan in the back here. They're in town from Maryland, John. They're in town oh, for the are. Commander Bobo, game. Yes. Yes, I actually live. I live from the DMV. I'm across the street from Six Flags, which is about three minutes away from FedEx Field, where the Commanders play now. That's awesome. Six Flags. Yeah. You're uh, you're out right now on uh, speaker, John. So uh, so he was saying that it is twice. This doesn't happen to him often. So this is kind of where we're in uh, uncharted territory here. Okay. Uh, Ken, what but, am I uh, doing here, Number dude? one, awesome that you guys are in town. Welcome to Indianapolis, first off, man. I mean, <laughs> I had the pleasure Thank of talking you. to him, yeah. John. They're outstanding people. Uh, they were enjoying some Lumazol tequila. Do you like that? Isn't that good, right? I enjoyed right? it. I'm yeah. going to drink the Lumazol tequila the rest of the weekend. <laughs> there so, we go. So you're hanging here the entire weekend and going to the game on Sunday? Yes. What, 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 what are your thoughts on what we're going to see? I'm expecting a good game. You got a rookie quarterback or a non-starting quarterback against a front four of Washington that is awesome. If he can get the ball away, he'll be pretty good, I think. But the question is going to be is how fast and how good he can get the ball away because the front four is the best part of the Allen Payne, who's the best? Uh, I'm an Allen Sweat guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until <laughs> Chase come back. Well, I mean, yeah. I think the Colts had an opportunity to draft Montez Sweat when he came out of Mississippi State. They traded back. Sweat so. will be on his numbers today, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Bobo, you're staying here the entire weekend. Yeah. Isn't that cool? you got to stay close to Brent Holverson because he can get you hooked up right there. <laughs> you know we'll I mean? do. We'll do. Man, I appreciate you. What do you listen to in, in the district? I, I listen to a lot of different. Uh-huh. The fan is one of my favorite shows, but there are several fans. Yeah. So I have gotten your show. I'm going to watch your show. My I'm going to listen to your show. I took Brent's picks for the weekend. You did. You came I up, sure you did. I came up and got mine. Uh, yeah. Because you heard that 47% <laughs> stuff is what you heard. So I will be a part of the fan 
from Indianapolis for a while. Man. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Welcome again. It's Bobo. a great city to enjoy. Hey, so thank you. Bobo, 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 yes. Bobo, and Lawan back there. Lawan, <laughs> the beautiful Lawan. Yes. Larceny, bourbon, locks, Lunasville, tequila shots. Quick break. The Harris Hoosier Park race of the day is next. All righty. The ride with JMV. Awesome, totally awesome. All right, Hamilton. Ninety-three-five and one zero seven five. The fan. Your Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day winner, fifty-fifty VIP prize pack. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino at Anderson was Pete. Risky reputation sounds familiar. The win fifteen dollars. The place seven dollars. The show was five forty. Bluebird Alibi placed at seven forty. Showed at five dollars. Starbar showed at seven sixty today, and the two dollars exacted payout went for seventy seven dollars. But the fifty cent trifecta payout three hundred thirty one ninety. There it is, your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day, live at the legendary Slippery Noodle. Awesome crowd, awesome time for what has been a week eight Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Zool Tequila shots. Brent Halverson rejoins us. This is from uh, my man Steve Duke. Danny Hayes and Steve Duke may need a bourbon after they get out of the field in Burgersville. They're in a combine right now. Big-time farmers, because we're talking about the future farmers of America in here right now with a convention in town. But Steve Duke, a friend of mine, Mike Duke, the Duke family, great folks down in Burgersville are doing some farm work in the field right now in a combine. Listen to the show. Big shout-out to the Dukes. I mean, thank you for the, all the farming. They're providing some, everybody with Got to get we, them some bourbon, yeah. Hey, we got bourbon for you guys. So I'll tell you what, uh, via JMV, I will pass a couple bottles to yes. the, the Duke family down there once they get done harvesting, doing all their good stuff. And, uh, uh, again, big shout-out to all the future farmers of America that are here. Yeah. Everybody Love that came out for the show. F- you guys F- rock. A. I mean, thank F- you for guys F- for everything. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Hey, John, and, and how good is it to be back in the Slippery Noodle, right? This yeah. is one of, the, one of the greats. We love being here. See Cappy, see all the old crew. Uh, we're going to be back here on December 22nd, but next week we will be at Parks Place Pub again. Our friends, Mr. Schleter and Whitlow up in uh, Fisher's Parks, Place, at Parks Place on the 3rd. So all right, Cavern Tour stop. Are we going to announce that? Are we ready to do that for November? You know what? We should let the cat out of the bag because I'm kind of excited about this one, John. All right, so... November 17th will be the next Tavern Tour. It's a duo, so it's a Tavern Tour stop, and it is also a Larceny Lock Loosel Shot Show, and it is going to be at the Bulldog. The, the Bulldog! The Bulldog. Talk yeah. about an old school coming back. Right? The go. old Mo and Johnny's in yes. Broad Ripple is the Bulldog now. I was there last night. I had a couple drinks. It is outstanding, and I can't wait to get you in there because it'll blow your mind if you've not been there yet, my man. Hey, Bulldog! Hey, that's Some coming next. up. That's down the road. So Parks Place next week, we'll do it there. Everybody, Marty's here. Uh-oh. Marty's Marty, in the Marty, Marty, Marty. Hey. Hey, Marty, would you whip somebody's ass before I leave tonight? <laughs> Again? I love you, man. <laughs> All right. Larson, New Bourbon, Locks, Luna, Zool, Tequila Shots. Brent, great love job you, out of you. Thank you. Hey, Cam, great job. I'm sorry I unplugged myself like two different times today. That was, a, yeah, interesting. What I'm doing here. Look at that. You picked up quickly, though. Big thanks to, uh, I mean, look at the man's yes. running the table over there. Billy. Billy's Bowman. running the show. Kyle, shout out to you. Bud Light Blue Fridays tomorrow. We're in Lawrence tomorrow. Pendleton Pike Whiskey Business. I got Commander's Colts tickets for you coming up tomorrow. You guys are fantastic inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well. Talk to you tomorrow at Whiskey Business, Lawrence, Hendon Pike. Have a great night.